Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 204. We are locked down. We are in quarantine, just like you guys are. But we're built for this, and we're here for you. So thank you for listening. Welcome. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm feeling pretty good today, you know, in lockdown. Uh, I think I'm getting out of a little bit of funk because I'm just feeling a little bit more hopeful. And um, today I had, I didn't let you know, but... I think we're going to have to invite you to the next one, which might happen this next week. Had a little virtual happy hour with our buddies, John and, and Steve. And Did you families. really? Yeah, it was kind of cool. Nice. It was weird at first, but it was kind of nice to like talk to the family and catch up on everything. I was like, this is this is all right. It was kind of a nice, nice little, little happy hour. You know? Nice. Someone finally took their pants off. The party started. Everyone got comfortable and <laughs> and it became a real virtual happy hour. Well, the best part is like it's even better than a happier because when you want out, you just shut the shit off. Like I'm done. <laughs> like I'm I think my battery's dying. And just turn it off. <laughs> That's it. Like all right, I'm gonna eat now. Yeah, I'm out of here. So it's kind of fun. Uh, try to get them on the podcast. We'll figure out. Uh, I think they both want to get. Uh, they're working hard. Um, they're they're in the belly of the beast like you guys are. Okay. Yeah, it's getting bad over uh, in the New York City area. So, yeah, sending love to all of our friends out there, especially our our, our Alba Adventure friends who have been having a pretty tough time of things. But uh, you know, I know that they're going to be all right. They're gonna they're gonna make it through. We're gonna ski again. But everyone, stay strong, stay positive, be smart, stay hopeful and, and positive. I've heard about people that have had it and are getting out of it. Uh, people that had it. Uh, you know, um, all different levels of it. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, I went to Costco yesterday and I, I went the first time with, so I've been there a couple of times in this whole ordeal, but the first time I went with the mask and yeah, for whatever reason, and I don't have like a real mask. I have a bunch of ski masks, like those, <laughs> the tubes, you know, like things you pull over, like, like they give you for free, like the branded yes, ones. Like we got a bunch of them from Big Snow. I've gotten some from Bracelayer. I wore that. I felt like a goddamn bandito that was going to hold up Costco. That's what I felt <laughs> like going in there. Dude, I got the Big Snow one and I have a filter piece that I put in it and mm-hmm. I fold it in, chuck it on. Awesome. Looks yeah. like I'm going to rob the place or ski somewhere yeah. at any point in time. Yeah, I felt like an asshole being that guy but then like you see the people who don't have anything on you're like this guy's raw dogging at a costco like i'm i don't know that was me two weeks ago but i'm not raw dogging at costco anymore like come on we're not breathing the same air put something put a mask on yeah walk out without pants too come on yeah it's crazy but yeah you know we're gonna do what we can we're gonna pull through this but thank you everyone for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out skibumpodcast.com that's where the show is there's a dope shop there if you want some swag skibumpodcast.com slash shop show notes are there as well find us on your favorite podcasting app spotify itunes stitcher everywhere everywhere the socials everywhere instagram twitter facebook at skibump podcast send us an email skibumpodcast at gmail.com if you want stickers dm us instagram you know, people are quarantined. They're hitting us up they still want stickers which is great so keep doing that and thanks to those who have been writing in Dude, put them on your TV. Put them on your ceiling fan. Put them on your light. Who cares? Put, put them on, on your yeah. Put them on your laptop, your car, whatever. Your neighbor's car needs a sticker. I mean that that works too. That's for sure. <laughs> His 
busted up Toyota Tercel. It'll look amazing oh. with our sticker on there. Right. And if you haven't been checking out our uh, our Twitter or our Instagram, actually, both of them, we have now put up our quarantine logo, which is pretty much our logo with a little goggles nice. and face mask on. Which It's, it's Brian at Costco. I got a goddamn kick out of it. I got to tell you. So <laughs> that's why it happened. So thank you again for listening. And Mario, let's kick it off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. So today I went a little old school. Um, I wanted to reminisce, you know, so I was out and I was like, you know, what? let me get something that I haven't had in a while. I got a little, a little bit of Founders All Day IPA. I feel like we always talk about that. We talked about it last week because I, I mixed up the founders in the, uh, was it Dogfish or one of them I messed up. But uh, yeah, I'm loving the founders. I uh, went back to it. This It's that easy drinking IPA that you could drink all day. And I'm on about four of them already. So uh, just want to let you know. Better four of those than four high lies like the one time. Oh my God. The high lies just are cr- so crushers, man. They just, they, they rip you up. I had a highlight the other day and it was on an empty stomach. And I tell you what, it hit me and I was like, holy crap, what did I have? It's a seven and a half percent, you know, there's only four and a half. Not too bad. Wallop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, it's like two founders equals one of those. Yes. Basically, you've had had two highlights, more or less. I've had two highlights. Yeah. So, you know, the good thing is like you build up your like alcohol tolerance for it and you're like, this isn't anything. You know, yeah, it's almost like going to Europe and you have like their their beers like it's like water. It really is like water. So I could see how they're on the job, like dealing with heavy machinery and driving like a forklift and like pounding beers because they're like water, like two percent. It's crazy. You know, what's funny. Back in the day, it used, before the whole big craft beer boom, it used to be a domestic beer was like the crap. Yeah. And if you got a a an uh, import. An import it was like the fancy beer. It's like, oh, you're having a Heineken or an Amstel or, you know. Amstel was the one to break in, right? Was it Was it that the one? Heineken's, Amstel's. I remember Bass was big. Bass. Uh, and then Guinness Hell's had Bex. its little niche. Yeah. Bax. Bax was big, yeah. But that was like a big deal to get an import beer. But Heineken, yeah. I think, was the big one. Yeah. Right? But now it's like, Eh, I'm just going to get something that's like from around the street from like my county or the next town over because the, the I want to go closer. Cra- yeah. Isn't that funny how that happens? It's like yeah. the ebb and the flow, but the craft beers are just so freaking good that, you know, why would you get something that's had to come over on a ship or a boat or a freaking plane when you could just go to a place that was just making it fresh and it's just that much better. So what place do you think in this nation, just our nation, has the shittiest craft beer that they're like, oh, I don't want one of those craft beers. It's like Milwaukee. South Dakota. Like Milwaukee always had shit beers. And you think the craft beer is shitty too? I, you know what though? I, they, I'm sure that the folks that were making the crap beer were probably, they really knew what they were doing, but that was just their job. So they understood the science behind it. And they go, you know what? If we tweak this and tweak this and get this ingredient, this beer will be fantastic. But you know, the bean counters at uh Miller is not going to let us do that. So we'll make Oprah on craft brewery and we'll make it ourselves. But that's assuming they're smart enough and motivated enough to get out of there. You know, just Shlem- Shlemiel Shlemazel. That's right. Awesome. Like, Incorporated. I'm union. This is what I've done. This is what I keep doing. You know, yeah. 
I don't know. It's the same. You got to chose the the road less taken. You know. I think the Dakotas might. I don't know. The Dakotas. I feel might have some somebody that's just like hanging out in the middle of nowhere, just making some great fucking beer. Some guy who was like one of those like fracking contractors who made a shitload of money. That's right. Hanging just out disappeared there. off the grid. Off the grid. Off the grid, making some crazy beer that like everybody around here just buffalo hunts and leaves me the fuck alone, and I make some great beer. Perhaps you know. Heady Topper two point oh. Hetty Topper is the uh, the Miller of South Dakota. <laughs> that's right. All right, what do you got going there, Brian? So I'm still sticking with this Prohib April because... Damn. I'm telling you, this is the easiest month to do it because there's no social commitments. There's no skiing. There's nothing that I would usually do that inc- involves drinking. So it actually makes it pretty easy. So I'm drinking a bunch of weird crap right now. I'm drinking some matcha tea. Oh, what are you eating? That's what I want to know. What am I eating? Yeah. I am eating... Carnivore Aurelius's beef liver chips. Where the fuck do you buy that? Um, from Carnivore Aurelius's <laughs> website, obviously. And the crazy thing is, I ordered a month supply. Now, this uh, is a bag. This is a bag so that that's is, like a never-ending bag. Once you're done with that, there's another fucking bag waiting. This is a one and a half ounce bag. It took me four days to eat this whole thing. Uh, I have. I'm giving two to my dad, and I think I still have. <laughs> you so try I, to unload it. Well, he loves liver. Like he's a real fucking man. He eats like every organ. He's like, you don't want the liver. Bring it over to me. He's like, I eat the brains. I eat the liver. I eat the asshole. He knows. He knows everything to eat. He knows the good stuff. So he loves liver. I will tell you, there are some health benefits to eating the liver. Maybe it's maybe it's like dad's a ripe old age too, which is good. He is. He needs the beef liver right now. So I uh, I got. (laughs) <laughs> after giving the two way this is the second one i've gotten into so i got 25 more bags left wow so you got 20 that's one of 24 left <laughs> yeah i got a lot of bags left but you know what i will tell you i, I gave andrea a bite of it she just started chewing she goes no 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 and just like, spit it out <laughs> yeah that's it i'm like it's goddamn man food it's for it's for it's for savages this kind of shit you know so you bring that to a party but like what everybody brings like some dip Maybe a salad. Maybe some fruit that plate. What do you bring? You bring fucking liver chips. That's if, what you gotta do. If I ever have to go back into the office, I'm gonna be eating <laughs> these things at my desk every day. Just like no, no. grunt just grunting and eating beef liver because it's gonna freak these people out. They're gonna be like, Brian, just work from home. <laughs> work right. from home. So I've been eating these the last week or so since I've gotten them. They're not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that it is really tough to swallow them. The taste is rough. Swallowing is rough. But you know what? You just got to man up and, and wash it on down because there are health benefits to eating this stuff. But I tell no. you, that sparkling review is really making me want to go out and buy some. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. I will tell you oh. that. But everything and we, and we were at- talking before, I'm like, I ate tripe. I don't want I. I'm sorry, I did my time. I can't I can't go back. Everything after you eat the beef liver chips tastes so much better though. That's so true. If, if you have like ice cream after that, it tastes it's like in Fight Club. Again, I've referenced Fight Club, I think the last month, every episode, when he goes and he pulls the gun on the guy at the uh convenience store. Oh yeah. And he has the little community college, expired community college ID. He's like, Why did you drop out? Oh, it's too expensive. He's like, What do you want to go for? He's like, Veterinarian. He's like, I'm gonna come back in six months. He's like, if you're not on your way to becoming a veterinarian I'm gonna fucking shoot you in the goddamn head <laughs> and he's like the next meal he has is gonna be the greatest meal of his life 
And that's exactly what anything tastes like after eating these beef liver chips. Damn. That's a dark place to take it just to say that beef chips are great after you eat them. Dude, when you're in a dark place, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it actually opens up a lot of opportunities. Oh, this so. guy, he's like punching. He's like, am I bleeding on you, Lou? Right? Just fucking punching him. Just bleeding. Yeah. You don't know where I've been, Lou. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. I love that movie. I fucking just watched it a few weeks ago while I was editing the podcast, actually. And it was, oh, it's still, it's actually better now than it was when because in these times that we're in right now so much of that movie makes more sense like all the do you watch benjamin buttons after that (laughs) (laughs) i watched mr and mrs smith right after that that's that's not bad mr Mrs. actually american history x after that's not bad no that's that's, not a bad one you want to talk about a dark place that's fucking dark and dark back that's like dark and darker yeah yeah, that's like eddie murphy charlie murphy (laughs) <laughs> then you gotta watch Death to Smoochie. Did Death you ever see Smoochie. that movie? That is an underrated film. I saw part of it and I couldn't watch it anymore. I it is like, an underrated film. I think Ed about make some good movies. I think about the Black Mirror with the Smoochie guy that's running around. Remember that episode? I think it's season three. Black Mirror. I'm not sure if I saw that one. Oh, maybe it did. I feel like I've seen up to season three and it was whatever season like the truck and he's like trying to run for president and all this other shit. I didn't see that one. I just remember it was like I mentioned a couple episodes ago. It was the one with the robot dogs hunting that lady down where I was like, (sighs) nope, I'm done with this fucking show and I'm never (laughs) watching it again. I'm getting rid of my cell phone. I'm just... Uh, I'm fucking awesome. done. Dude, I'm fucking eating, tracking you. I'm down. To, I'm eating beef liver now. I'm, you know, <laughs> you're in a bunker right now. You're I'm in fucking, a bunker because in, of that goddamn Black Mirror episode with the robot dogs. <laughs> you're in quarantine not because of coronavirus, because of goddamn Black Mirror. I've been talking robot about going. Dogs. I've been going full Unabomber. The transition is happening faster than we expected. That's that right. Black the, Mirror episode did not help. That's right, and the world just helped you out a little bit right here. You know what? Sometimes the world gives you a gentle nudge in a certain direction. <laughs> and nudge it did. Maybe I don't need to contact other people. <laughs> Hell is other people, I believe is the quote, right? That's right. So I, I'm eating my beef liver chips. And after last week's successful what's in Brian's fridge experiment with the kombucha, I found me another one. Nice. This is another... Actually, does this actually say it's kombucha? I don't think it actually says it apple is. cider vinegar tonic. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, dude. You're on your own there. I, I don't know what's going to come out. I believe it's a colonic. <laughs> it's a apple Damn. cider vinegar tonic, but it is with Meyer lemon, which my, I mean, you know, not lemon, Meyer lemon. Your standard so bitch lemon. Bad. This is a Meyer lemon. Right. This is a lane. Bitch lemon. This is Meyer lemon. This is a lane Meyer top of the K12 lemon. Lane Meyer. That's right. <laughs> it's pure snow. It's pure snow. <laughs> I saw you talking to Meyer over there. Is he your main wiener man? <laughs> wiener man. Dude, that's I, my favorite line of that goddamn movie. So there's a show flipping through the TV, trying to see something on TV while fucking quarantine. There's this show called uh, Eating History. Have you seen it? I don't think so. So, dude, I get like four channels. Like, I get like I get NBC Sports, I get the uh, MSG, and like that's it. Like, I don't even know that everything else is blocked. I'm like, it's a blur. 
Why am I still paying you fuckers $160 if that's all I get? Damn it. Wow. But anyway, it's on one of these channels. I forget. It's like wherever they have like, you know, American Pickers. You ever see that show? That history channel, right? I think it's history or something. But anyway, so it's called Eating History. And what these dudes do, and I just came across it yesterday, and I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this. They find old stuff and drink or eat it. Like, oh, I somebody he drank a crystal Pepsi on a show the other day. And I'm crystal like, Pepsi. I remember yes. that. They haven't made that for 10 years. Like that fucking it was a relic. And they're like, they bought it from somebody as like, they're like, whoa, you know, I'm selling this as a collector. Like, yeah, we want to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. But then they're opening cans of shit. They're like, this is hasn't been open until the 1920s. And they're like fucking open it with like a can opener and like kind of eat it. And I'm like, this is fucked. Somebody gonna die in this, like for real. Like, and well, I maybe, thought about that's what I thought about the kombucha weed. <laughs> what about my four loco? Four loco too. Would they be interested in that? It's ten you years old. Write, you should write to them. You <laughs> really should, because they are like, they don't care. They were like, I guess they consult a doctor and like, no, we're gonna eat it if it still looks like it's okay. We're gonna like, we're gonna hey, eat it or drink it. I got an epipen. I got insurance. That'll be Dude, fun. Crystal Pepsi, bro. I remember what a big deal that was when it came out. Had like it, was Van Halen. Like, it was made for like a month and then it got pulled right off. It was like, this sucks. I like the Van Halen song in the commercial <laughs> right now. Yes, I remember that. Van Halen got paid. Well, they all came out with, uh, didn't they come out with like a clear Coke also at the same time? Probably. It was like a clear Pepsi, clear. Everything was clear for a while. Like, oh, yes, it doesn't have any color. It must be good for you. The best was when they added the vitamins to Pepsi. Oh, <laughs> no, I remember. Um, what was it? It was vitamin Sprite or vitamin Mountain Dew. And I'm like, are you fucking, <laughs> are, you, are you really, are you really going that far? They're like, yes, we're going this far. It should have been like vitamin D, vitamin E, <laughs> vitamin W. <laughs> vitamin D. Mountain but, D, Mountain E, and Mountain W. But they do it with like cereal, right? So like cereal has always been about 15 grams of sugar per serving, right? That's a shit ton of sugar. And now they put on the box made with whole grains like count chocula i don't give a fuck if it's made with whole grains it's still a, a shitload of sugar it's like yeah the first ingredient's sugar corn syrup but there's a couple <laughs> grains in there and they are whole that's right there's Fucking no count. uh no broken home grains these are whole grains dude and i'm horrible like i will eat like i'm a five-year-old when it comes to sugar because i eat it as a snack as a, a snack instead of a piece of cake i have fucking count chocula cereal i'll be like mm-mm Cookie Chris? I don't think I've had that kind of cereal in like 15 years. Uh it'll it's magical. No, it'll not. it'll rip through your insides inside of like a day. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Count chocolate is good. Uh blueberry I was never big into. Um blueberry was one of my biggest disappointments as a child because blueberries are my favorite and they still are. And I remember my, I finally convincing my mom to get me blueberry cereal you gotta fight for that right and i taste it i'm like this doesn't taste anything like blueberries it tastes like just like sugary assholes like throw that thing right up against the wall like this sucks mom it was terrible it was gross i'm like let's get the strawberry one frankenberry there you go frankenberry that's a cereal but i don't know if they make frankenberry but cat chocula still making still to this day but think about how hard you had a fight just to get a cereal. It used to be like, I'm sure parents 
used to dread going down that cereal because it wasn't even like you wanted a fucking cereal. You're like, they have a Dakota ring. They have a, a fucking baseball uh, card. Was the big one. Baseball card. Like whatever you wanted in there. Like, I don't give a shit if it's whole grains. I'm not going to eat it. I just want that goddamn card. And they knew it was a fight, man. I got to say, I was an asshole. I lucky. Whatever you have to deal game. with, whatever you have to deal with, your parents went the worst. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, mine was Lucky Charms. Mm. I would I would eat just a whole goddamn. I was a little fucking Cartman eating that box of Lucky Charms. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucky Charms is good. They were goddamn delicious. And you just yeah. notice over time, there's like, wait a minute, there's more marshmallows than there's actual cereal bits. Like, shouldn't oh, it's all marshmallow now. <laughs> like, wait a minute, the marshmallow bits are actually cheaper than the cereal bits. So like, they're just like, oh yeah, there's hey. Guess what? We're adding like the uh, the horseshoe now. It's seventy percent marshmallow, kids. Whoa! It's perfect. Like, oh my god! A new marshmallow flavor is coming in. Yeah, and it's like oh, it's the rainbow. It's like oh my god, another. It's like yeah, like I said, it's like seventy percent marshmallow now. <laughs> this is why I eat it as a dessert. I just like take it out, throw some milk in, boom. I don't know. Just diabetes cereal. Diabetes. That's that's yeah. that's the gift in every box. Yeah. So we actually got a couple of pretty good Ooh. stories this week in the old uh, apparatus today. I will tell you though, this is actually really tasty. I was surprised. The lemon, the, the Meyer ginger, lemon. Oh, oh, oh. Meyer. <laughs> Meyer lemon. Don't. That's right. Meyer lemon. But anyway, goddamn coronavirus is just, it's affecting everybody at this point. And one of the, one of the, the places that you probably didn't think that was being affected Restaurants are having to sell their trophy bottles to make it through the pandemic. Mm, so obviously restaurants are hurting because people aren't dining in, but a lot of places that have a very rare wine collection are having to sell those bottles just to make ends meet. And one of the examples they're talking about in this article is Manresa, which I believe is a, is a New York City restaurant. They were saying that they've had to sell their quote unquote unicorns at auction. So mm. what they're saying is there's a, a particular German Riesling, the uh, Keller G Max, which might sell for fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. Just had to sell at auction for eight hundred. Damn. Yeah, the restaurant has raised over $40,000 from rare wine sales made to wealthy collectors, some who work in tech, of course. Of course. Uh, one patron who the person they spoke to said it was primarily interested in Manresa's trophy bottles spent $20,000 single-handedly. Hmm. Wow. So, so there was something that happened, um, I believe it was yesterday in Tampa. Um, so there was this restaurant down here had a, uh, you know, along the lines of that. Um, and they decided they were going to sell some of their stuff out. I was April 3rd is when it happened. They sold a $20,000 Pappy Van Winkle bottle and somebody paid $40,000 for it. <laughs> so they bought oh. it at an auction for 20 K and I think partially somebody wanted to help them out, but mm. it was also the other part of it was it being able to get to it because you don't have, it was a 25 year old bottle of, of old Rip Van Winkle bourbon. So 
That's pretty messed up. Yeah, right. They're saying one other place in New Orleans, Cocktail Bar Cure, is auctioning off its most highly allocated spirits via Instagram. Wow. In D.C., Jack Rose Dining Saloon is liquidating much of its whiskey library, which was the most extensive in the country. Hmm. So, yeah, it's it's really awful what's happening to all these restaurants. You know, the people who are working there, the owners, uh, it's, it's, you know, they're doing anything they can just to stay afloat. But it's good that they're doing that. I mean, I think at this time you have to dig deep, right? So... Mm-hmm. You know, and this is why, and and I think hopefully that when this is all over, I just hope America learns a lesson. People learn a lesson that you have to have a little nest egg. You have to have a little savings because when shit like this happens, you need to try to ride it out, you know, and I'm, I'm not the one to talk about it, but I'm just saying people should have a better nest egg, you know, usually. Yeah. Living living paycheck to paycheck is, is terrifying. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. I mean, I know how you get there. I've been there, but, uh, yeah, you just gotta, ah, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah. Interesting to hear that. Like, I'm sure there are some opportunists that are like, Hey, I wouldn't ever been able to get my hands on this. And now I'm not going to pay you what it's worth. You know what I mean? That's true. All right. So with sales down 77%, most U.S. craft breweries won't survive three months. A new survey says, so this comes out of Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. How do you say it? Oregon? Oregon? Oregon. Oregon. The Oregon. Um, so they say median sales for Americans' craft beer industry have plummeted 77% since coronavirus closed bars and restaurants. And I remember reading this earlier. They're talking about that a lot of these uh, craft beer places make money on people coming in and come and frequenting their um, their tap rooms. So they're saying by, you know, a lot of that being closed, there's a bigger gap in, in you know, being able to, to be sustainable. So they're saying uh, the co-executive director of the Oregon Brewers Guild said the numbers weren't a surprise. Um, but he said uh, taking a week after March 16th, the closure order for bars and restaurants showed 72 percent drop in revenue. So ouch, that's pretty bad. And, you know. He actually went on to say that, you know, for a small business, 7% revenue decline three months in a row is is kind of catastrophic. So they're actually wondering after this is all said and done. Um, and I don't think anything's going to just like magically go, like, oh, it's, it's done. I think we're going to go through a progression of like, this is a different way that we're doing things. We're going to be social distancing a little bit more, even even though it might be. You know, the, the peak might be gone and and whatnot. Um, so I think they're, they're trying to look like what's going to come after this. And I think, you know, it's not just craft beer. It's, it's everything, you know. Um, what, what's the world going to look like when they say, hey, we don't have to worry about coronavirus, but we have to social distance. We have to do things a little bit differently. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see like what happens afterwards but um they're saying in oregon they they might be faring better than uh slightly better than most other states so wow yeah it's it's really it's it's awful to think about you know what how many small businesses are gonna you know fail because of this and 
one thing too is like you know what really sucks is that we didn't really know how good we had it just a few months ago you know like we had no idea we i'm sure most of us just took everything for granted this will all be here this will all be just as it always is and unfortunately now it's just you know we can take back and have that honest look at it as you know how good and how easy it was and how things are have really changed a lot in the last few weeks yeah it's awful we didn't know how good we had it we really didn't but you know the reaction there's an equal and opposite reaction so as bad as things will be things will only improve that much more down the road so we just gotta kind of stick dig our heels in and and find a way through this and it will get better not today not tomorrow but soon that's all we can do yeah we got to keep drinking we got to support these breweries that's right got to keep going yeah all right that wraps up the old i prayed today let's get into the genjula and we have a couple stories here this week in the gondola, which was quarantined for the last few weeks. Yeah, it's opened back up. Yeah, we're going to start off with a, a sad story. Charlotte Figgy, the 13-year-old poster child for medical cannabis, has died. So Charlotte, uh, she was the poster child for the benefits of CBD oil after using it to control the constant seizures experienced from her severe epilepsy called Dravet Syndrome. As a toddler in Colorado Springs, she experienced up to 300 grand mal seizures per week and used a wheelchair before using CBD drastically reduced her rate of seizures. Yeah, so this is uh, that whole, you know, Charlotte's Web strain. And this kind of led into, I would say, the whole legalization recreationally and medically for marijuana uh, and cannabis um, because it wasn't it wasn't like it was tested, like there was no form of testing that was allowed, but because they used it, it actually proved the case for allowing it. You know what I mean? It was, I forgot what they call it. So it's like a, not like a, it's not like a medical trial, but it's like a proven trial, like just used. It's it's like a usage trial almost, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they would call that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this kind of a, a very sad tale. The whole family had been ill for nearly a month starting in early March, but did not qualify for coronavirus testing, uh, her mother said. And their initial test for COVID-19 came back negative. But as Charlotte's condition worsened, hospital staff treated her as a likely COVID-19 case. Mm. She was admitted to the hospital on April 3rd and administered the tests. While the results came back negative, there are concerns that COVID-19 testing may return false negatives at high rates. After being released from the hospital, she had seizures two days later that resulted in respiratory failure and cardiac arrest. Mm. Ugh. It's horrible. Yeah, absolutely horrible. So, you know, I guess she she passed away in her family, her mother's arms and... You know, it's weird not to, they're saying that they're not calling it a COVID-19 death. Right. They're calling it a, uh, a death due complications to complications right, related from to the her, coronavirus. Yeah. Well, because she had a precondition. So they're, they're trying to say, oh, it's a precondition, not coronavirus, but yeah. they don't even know. No. So I spoke to somebody today that said that they know somebody that went into the hospital for, um, 
uh, different symptoms like a stroke or something like that. And then they got Corona in the hospital and now they're dealing with that. Like, so it's pretty fucked up. I was trying to say it to somebody online today on Twitter, <clears throat> having a little bit of, not an argument, but a little conversation that, you know, based on our conversation last week with Brian and all the, the great little jaunt, the great p- uh, point of view he gave us about how, you know, you could, your tax, say you're going out in the back country skiing, when everything is closed now and you do get hurt, you're putting attacks on the first responders, on the medical exactly. community. And say you're in the back country and you break your leg and you have to get brought to the hospital. And there you you catch COVID-19 or perhaps even something happens, you catch pneumonia in there and then you get the COVID-19 and that kills you. Like that is a, a very... It is a, a strong possibility, stronger than it's ever been that something like that can kill you. So, you know, hey, people are going to do what they want to do. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, it's not going to change my attitude or ruin my day, whatever you decide to do. But there, this is definitely the last thing they need is somebody setting a fucking arm in that hospital. There's people coming in with heart attack strokes, shit that you can't, you have to deal with because you can't not stay away from the hospital and yep. COVID 19, you know? Exactly. It's fucked so. up. People are going to do what they're going to do. You know, you can't save the world. You can't. Some people don't want to hear something. That's fine. That's great. I don't care. But I think just our conversation last week gave me a different point of view with this whole scenario. And, uh, you know, I, I love that. I love hearing. I love hearing things that make me think differently. And, you know, the conversation we had with Brian and how it affects the whole medical community and the first responders really kind of made me take a step back and think about this more as a being part of a community than just one person wanting to do one thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so after last week I spoke to somebody I work with in another country and their father-in-law had a massive stroke, like a really bad massive stroke. They drove him to the hospital. Um, and they were not stopped by cops because they were driving fast and then they got questioned by cops when they got to the hospital and they took them in and they showed them the door and they were like, we'll deal with it from here on out. And, um, they, they are getting limited information about how their father-in-law is doing. And I'm like, that's pretty messed up. So he had a, a massive stroke bleeding from his, uh, nose and mouth and, um, put them in there and they're like, you can't be out around it because we're so inundated with coronavirus. Wow. So it's pretty messed up when you think about it and that, do you want to be the, the asshole that says like, I, I need my arm set. They're going to be like, look, dude, like, I, no, we don't want it. We don't want to take time to do this. Like I'll set it in the parking lot for you. How about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you right. know, tough it out. Fucking, you know, walk it off. I, I don't know what to tell you for something <laughs> like that. But there's people that are going to come in like so even, you know, and that opened up my eyes to like, holy shit, it really is happening. Like just because coronavirus is out there and they say stay away from, you know, the hospitals and everything like there's still your heart attacks, your strokes. Like there's still people that really need medical attention. You don't want to clog it up with something stupid. Oh, I got a splinter. Let me go. Let me go down to the fucking, you know, the hospital because I got to get it out. Really? Yeah, right. All right. So next up, we got marijuana use reaches an all-time high amid coronavirus lockdown. There's a new survey that came out. They're saying Bloomberg's reporting that a poll by uh, Cohen and company found 
33% of respondents had tried cannabis at some times in their lives, but the highest the company had ever seen, and that of 12.8% of the people used cannabis in the past month compared to an average of 12.5%. So they're saying sales spiked 64% in the week of March 16th, according to the survey. Um, so they're saying they're believing that a lot of people are, are, are smoking a lot more during the shutdown. Well, I mean, think about it. If you were someone who got furloughed or laid off or was like a teacher just hanging out, like, wouldn't you just sit around and get baked? I'm surprised that it's that low. I would imagine it's a lot higher. Like if you had, unless they closed down, which I don't think they they closed down the dispensaries, right? Um, well, I think it depends. I know Massachusetts, well, they closed down the recreational sales, not the recreation. medical. Yeah. So unless you stocked up before, kind of like people stocked up on toilet paper, um, <laughs> as toilet paper and weed was what you should have stocked up on. Dude, you can always use a rolling paper if you need to for toilet right. paper, right? That's, that's Get it. your weed first. That's way more important. Stock it up. Um, if you're high, are you going to shit? I don't know. I don't think you're going to shit yourself more if you if you smoke up. Just saying. Yeah, right. But yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm surprised it's not higher. Uh, and it's interesting to see that that people are looking at that. Like, if you're locked down, man, you're gonna smoke. You can smoke it if you got it, right? So, yeah, I mean that that if I allegedly were to consume cannabis and I didn't have a alleged a lot around, I would definitely have made sure I got more. That's right. You know, it seems like a no brainer. What are you, I mean, think about it. whenever there's a snowstorm or a hurricane or uh, this kind Snow of crazy King. quarantine situation, you, you can tell what kind of person you are by what you get, what your priorities are that last shopping trip. You know, sure. there's the douchebags getting the milk and bread. I, those are not the people I hang out with. I'll be honest. I'm always getting whiskey, steaks, and ice cream and weed. Mm. That's that those are my priorities. Good. Yeah, dude, I spent over a hundred dollars on beef yesterday at Costco. Oh, God damn, what'd you buy? I got ribeyes. I got a pack of four ribeyes. I got a double skirt steak pack, and I got a whole thing of short ribs because I'm making this uh, short rib in the slow cooker tomorrow. Nice. Oh, dude, I was like, it was glorious because you know Costco for whatever reason the chicken is all gone fuck chicken there was yeah. still like almost every cut of beef was available i got so, chicken last week and instead of getting the six pack that you think is like oh great i got like a ton of chicken that i can never eat like that much in one like time they only give they cut them in half and they give you whoa. three now three little packets and i was like whoa whoa now this is really rationing the fuck <laughs> out of me because like i submit i'm gonna stay in a goddamn line for a long time i don't know yeah, yeah. Can't, can't do that every day yeah. What's this world coming to? I hear you. It's getting a little nutty. It's getting but ridiculous. Speaking of nutty, the pandemic is upending the pot legalization movements. God damn it. I knew something. They're going to use something. So, Sons of bitches. Ballot campaigns and cannabis bills get pushed aside during public health crisis. Advocates are pushing ballot referendums in nearly a dozen states from Idaho to New Jersey. Governors and state lawmakers who failed to pass legalization last year, looking at you, New York, vowed that 2020 would be different. 
But social distancing. Yep. Another excuse. But social distancing has put ballot drives on pause, and state lawmakers are overwhelmed with addressing the crisis at hand. So even while marijuana sales are spiking, the coronavirus pandemic is crippling legalization efforts on the state level. So this is no surprise to you and me, because I think we were all expecting, like, what are they going to do next to stunt the marijuana legalization in the other states that still haven't done it, that are old dinosaurs, head in the sand, people that just don't care. Right. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to use coronavirus as another excuse. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. You know, we talked about the craft brewers before the restaurants before. If you are looking for a way to jumpstart an economy. One one silver bullet could be immediate cannabis legalization. Think about think about down this wall. Dude, tear down this cannabis wall right now. Let's get it going. I mean, this really this really could bring legalized cannabis. This could be this crisis, this whole coronavirus, this uh, unemployment, this shutdown. Again, this dark time, there's going to be a flip side that is going to be equally positive. This could be cannabis's moment for legalization. This could be the way it gets through the easiest is that if people are looking for a way to get people jobs, to get the economy jump-started, this could be it. That seems to me like a, not a no brainer, but it seems to me like something that was on the cusp of happening. And if they need a jump-start, I think a lot of these soulless politicians will be like well this just makes sense i've always i've always been a fan of the cannabis and the good people that are growing it and cultivating it they'll just they'll just make some twist whole narrative because it's going to make their uh, constituents happy and probably make them some money let's be honest look at fucking john boehner he was like the most like hardcore against it and now he's like uh on a board for some some medical marijuana company yeah they're all full of, of shit, these politicians. Every one so of them. Here's the thing. We're we're gonna be about so I heard one estimate that when all said and done, we're probably gonna be about four to six trillion dollars in debt as a country, right? From all the bailout. But right now, because it's not federally legal, they're not getting any federal taxes directly from the sale of cannabis. Well, you know how you make up the difference between nothing and four to six trillion dollars is you fucking start taxing it federally mm-hmm. and make it legal. So I mean, maybe that's the other thought. Who knows? I mean, I, I'm hoping they're smart enough to think about that, and it's a good way out, right? This could be the the desperate times that are were required to to push it across the goal line for these politicians. Hail Mary on cannabis. Yeah, hoping. Yep. Fucking leave it up to legislators. They're a bunch of idiots. No, don't leave it up to them. Uh, let, the, let the people decide. Bunch of dicks. Yeah. So that wraps up the gondola. Let's go to ski news. Oh, yeah, we have some good ski news today. Uh, we talked about it last week. This is a follow-up to a follow-up of a follow-up. More or less. <laughs> you want to take this one? Oh, sure. So Austrian officials face lawsuit from 2,500 tourists over ski resort outbreak. 
How does that happen? There's not a lot of people that go to the unknown place. I'm rocking my Ishgil t-shirt today because, Boom. you know, we're, because talking Ishgil. About, we're talking about Ishgil, the party central, the Ibiza. What is their slogan? The Alps. Relax if you can. Relax if you can. Nobody's relaxing there right now. And we were we were fortunate enough to go there pre-corona in what, what year? Twenty fifteen. God damn! A simpler time. There is current uh, Austrian authorities are facing a class action lawsuit involving as many as twenty five hundred tourists over their handling of a coronavirus outbrook. Outbrook. Outbreak. Outbrook. I'm thinking. In, I was thinking Innsbruck. An Innsbruck. outbreak. It's Inns- the Innsbruck that got outbrook. Innsbruck. <clears throat> in the That's Tyrol awesome. province of town of Ischgl. Mm. So it is being investigated by public prosecutors in Innsbruck. See there, I, Innsbruck was in the next See? paragraph. You were pre-reading. That's what it was. It is Tyrol's capital. After hundreds of infected patients were traced back to the resort. Authorities in Tyrol are accused of having reacted too late to the first signs of the coronavirus outbreak in Tyrol, particularly in Ischgl contributing to the spread of the virus in Europe and beyond. Wow. So I wonder how much of this we can blame on Will Ferrell and that downhill movie. Remember That's it took true. Place? It took place in Ishkill. I didn't, sure, yes. I'm sure I didn't a bunch it. of people, you know, in the U S were like, that movie seems really nice. I love the location. Let's go there. So I want to know what are the chance? Do we know somebody from the ski club that that helped produce that movie or write it? Because how the fuck do they know about Ishka? It was a little hidden gem till we got there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was Could a hidden been, gem. It might have been our podcast. Well, wait, wait, wait. I would not draw a line from people knowing about Ishka from us and having us involved in this lawsuit. Let's just wait to us way. giving them the coronavirus because of our talking about Ishka. Because we talked about it, right? Wow. Like that's the next fucking thing. Yeah. You were there first, so, you know. Perhaps. We laid the seed for the corona. If the glove does not fit, you must acquit. That's right. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was an article in Powder Magazine talking about this, too. And they're, you know, they say how um, as of March 19th, roughly 40% of Norway's coronavirus cases could be traced back to Ishkil. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? 40% of normal. I'm not saying that's awesome. Good. I'm saying that I am in awe. That's awesome because I had no idea you could, like, it would be responsible for that much shit. There's a lot of, like, international people going there. Like, it's a true epicenter for this virus. That's pretty fucked up. And you know what? Obviously, then, it's all guys who have it. Because when we were there, it was just all dudes in Ishkil. Dude, I think it's, I think it all got cooked up at the Kitlock. (laughs) That's what they're saying. The, the kids' lock is, is responsible for for serving Corona. It's the Chernobyl of Ishkil, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> they put a dome over it. It still didn't help. We gotta put that sarcophagus around it. God yeah. damn. Yeah. That's that's pretty amazing. Like so, and they're actually gonna bring lawsuits. So I have a whole mixed feeling on when they bring a lawsuit, something like this, to bear. Part of it is. Okay, yeah, they should have said something. The other part of it is like you're you're alive in the world and you're listening to media and you had the means to media because you flew and drove there and whatever. How the fuck you got there? Wouldn't you have thought to stay home hearing that there's a bunch of shit going on? I don't know. I just don't know how you're going to prove it. 
Like, how can you prove that was the spot where you got it? It's going to be the same thing as, as like in this country, we're going to have freaking, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um, New Orleans, right? For Mardi Gras. Yeah. Like that is being quoted, that is being looked at as, as the hot, that's the Ishkill of the U.S. For the most well, part. well, then again, too, you have all those New York City politicians who were like, oh, don't listen to the president. Go to our Chinese Lunar New Year party and go <laughs> celebrate in Chinatown. That's right. You could pet a panda. There was there was one guy. I forget what, what borough he was a. Uh, I don't know. Congressman or whatever the hell they call a borough president or district, whatever the hell they call them in New York City. The one guy he tweeted out that you know go to chinatown go celebrate blah blah blah. yesterday he tweeted out he's like we're going to be using central park for temporary mass graves yeah it's like whoa holy shit dude like, that's this, a you're big flip in your tweets right there that's less than a month man that is a yeah. big fucking about face and shouldn't these politicians be held accountable too of course like, where should. does the where does the chain of custody stop that's well, what we need to figure out what pisses me off is so Louisiana came out, the governor of Louisiana came out and said that they didn't do anything about New or- uh, about Mardi Gras New Orleans to dissipate the crowd because nobody came out to them and tapped them on the shoulder and said anything from the federal government. Well, you knew it was a problem and you should be keeping track of it because you have this mass number of people gathering together. So from a terrorist point of view, protection against terrorism and protection against like, just like protecting people. You should be in, you should be concerned about that to begin with. So the fact that you did nothing about it doesn't mean federal government could tell you to shut everything down. You know what the state's going to do, whatever the fuck they want to do. So these politicians, you know, have these bullshit fucking campaigns and TV commercials when they go run for election, they're like, I'm the person that Louisiana needs in time of crisis. And this, they always come off as this capable person. And then as soon as anything happens, they point the finger at somebody else. Like, uh, we didn't know someone else's fault. Like, but this is where I get pissed off at, at uh, so many people that are pissed off saying, Oh, I don't like the federal government. I don't like Obama. I don't like Trump. I don't like fucking whoever the fuck is in fe- in in federal government. Your local politician is probably responsible for most of the shit that you're belly aching about, and you don't even know who either your local politician is. You didn't vote in that election for your local politician, and you have no idea what they're supposed to do. It's ridiculous, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It's ignorance on top of ignorance. Everyone wants to point the finger at somebody. Yeah, you know, that's what's and happening. They, and they look at who's on the spotlight. Okay, the federal government is on the spotlight. Everybody blames FEMA for shit. It's like FEMA is supposed to go in and help allocate money and and resources and whatever they're going to help with, but they take the lead from the local government. Same thing happened in Louisiana back with uh with Katrina. Katrina. Yeah, and they did nothing, and then they looked and said, "Oh, the federal government failed us." It's like no. You, the local politician, the governor failed you because you had no plan. Puerto Rico was the other one with the with the hurricane. Nobody, they were looking, oh, federal government, help us. You guys had nothing planned. So what are we going to do? You, you guys know the area. You're supposed to tell us what, what you need help with. No, they just hold up their hands and say, oh, it's somebody else's fault. 
bullshit. Yeah, it's always the people who don't want to get their hands dirty are the first ones to bitch about someone else not doing oh, something. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. It, somebody should be accountable for that and be taken to jail for not doing something for that. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. They want to pass the buck and blame somebody else. Fucking mm-hmm. bullshit. Holier than thou and passing the buck. Yep. Yeah. So in terms of Ishkill, I think it's, you know, it's going to go around. It's going to be uh, <laughs> that place. The, I, I'm sure, like, you know, it's going to be like all the other like opera ski places around that. Yeah. I, I just don't know how you can prove it. Uh, that just, it just seems like first it's Ishko, then it's St. Anton, then it's, um, Innsbruck. it's going to go around. Yeah. But, you know, and then there's some certain degree of, if you traveled during the time that coronavirus was going crazy, when it just started, before they stopped air travel. Well, they fucking stopped air travel. Everybody knew it was coming. If you didn't take heed to that warning and you got stuck somewhere, you went on a cruise two weeks ago and you got stuck, I'm sorry. That's your own fucking fault. Like, you yeah. really are a dumbass for doing that in the first place. Don't make it our problem for trying to save you. I'm a humanitarian, but I'm not humanitarian for people being stupid. Let's put it that way. Yeah, right. Same. <laughs> Go back to the first responders and the people that are putting themselves on the line to save you. I don't think they should spend their their risk their life to do that. I hear you. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, ridiculous. Goddamn, pissed off. <laughs> all right, and then finally, Sweden's government decides to close all ski resorts. So, April sixth, this was reported, and the Sweden's government finally ordered the closure of all ski resorts among measures restricting movement. Uh, after facing global criticism for its slow response to coronavirus pandemic. So I don't know what's going on with Europe. Usually they don't give a shit about like lawsuits or anything. I'm wondering if this is just like leading up to, hey, you know, if somebody gets coronavirus at a ski resort in Sweden, are they going to like blame you now? Like, I don't know. Weird. Yeah. I didn't realize we could have still been skiing there until earlier this week. That's the other reason I'm pissed off. Like I'm pissed off because I'm not in Sweden while I can work from home on a fucking internet from anywhere. Like it's perfect with the time differential. I could have skied all morning. Yeah. Right. Piss me off. Yeah. Fuck you, Sweden. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck you for not making me smarter that I know the timetable better. Let's put if that you would have gone to Ikea and got more <laughs> Swedish meatballs for your quarantine. You would have known about this. God damn it. Yep. So you blew it. Hate the ignorance of my goddamn schooling. Ignorance. <laughs> so one happy, potentially positive thing could be happening maybe at the end of May. Beartooth Basin in Montana is planning to open May 30th. Nice. They're still gunning for May 30th, despite the COVID-19 pandemic threats. <sighs> you know, that's they're hoping for it. You know, they're going to kind of tell everyone to stay social distancing to you know to be cool to be chill so they're hoping so that would give them you know usually about a month or so to uh to to be open which is pretty awesome i I mean i love seeing the clips of baritooth basin eventually we'll make it out there but uh so here's the messed up part right so i was talking to john before and he deals with uh, commercial real estate and building and shit like that so they're talking about social distancing right so you're talking about six feet between people Mm -hmm. so you have a high rise or a chairlift for example 
Um, how are you supposed to social distance in that situation? So you're talking about one person riding one chair or one elevator up the mountain or up the building. Well, Beartooth, I think they have a, uh, a J bar. Perfect. That's yeah, perfect. Exactly. It is perfect. So that's but I'm why. saying like with a gondola or something like that's like now you're, you're messing that whole formula up. Yeah. Could you imagine if any ski resort was like, okay, one person per gondola. Yeah. Right. That's what like, we're shutting down. Cause we it would can't. take you eight times longer to get up the mountain. Might as well limit your ticket to hundred a, a mountain. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what they should do in the first place. Too many goddamn people on the mountain. Yeah. Mountain Creek close forever. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. All right, next up we got um, 80 Vail Resorts employees from Ecuador are stuck in Colorado's mountain towns. This happens, we talked about this part of the last few podcasts that like there are a lot of areas that have people come in from other countries and they work on on visas. Um, but you don't think about like when coronavirus hit and, and everybody started shutting things down, there are countries that just shut their border down like way before we did or Canada. Um, and I tell you what, Ecuador, boom, closed down. There's, there's reports of people getting stuck in Peru, Americans that they just won't let them out. So right now there's a bunch of Ecuadorians that are, uh, shuttered up in, in Colorado towns, um, either in employee housing or, not, but they can't go back to their country. So they're being put up right now. I think for the most part, the resorts are putting them up for free because they're stranded, but it's kind of nerve wracking. You know, they're worried about their families and, and friends back home. And, uh, there's still people that are just kind of trapped here. So it happens. Yeah. It looks like they are in Vail housing, Vail employee housing. So they are staying there rent free for now but yeah yeah, i mean they just uh, yeah i I guess they're they're just trapped there right yeah it's what are you gonna do you can't get in because their country closed their border so Mm -hmm. and then the flights shut down so a lot of international flights are just totally shut so yeah even if they open the border they can't buy a ticket because nobody's flying there yeah, and they say they have. She's got a ticket for April thirtieth, but she could not afford the exorbitant change fee to rebook for an earlier flight. Like you'd think, in this particular situation, they would that's have a, a little bit of flexibility in this. Well, that's a shitty airline. A lot of the U.S. airlines were like, "Oh, we're going to like eliminate the change fee," but they were still holding that you had to change. Uh, you had to pay the difference in the ticket, so that could be too. So. I don't know. Yeah. I got some some positive stories too. So Burton's binding factory just created half a million KN95 masks. Nice. So in the wake of the pandemic, the company is donating half a million KN95 respirator masks to healthcare workers on the front line across the Northeast to address the unprecedented personal protective equipment supply shortage and help keep frontline responders safe, Burton quickly mobilized its supply chain to rapidly source and produce the specialized masks in China. The first 48,000 respirators have been delivered and will be distributed to hospitals across the state of Vermont, where Burton is headquartered, and to Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center in New Hampshire, where the late Jake Burton Carpenter spent two months of his life in the ICU 
battling Miller-Fisher syndrome in 2015. The additional 452,000 masks are expected to arrive over the course of the next 10 to 14 days. The Vermont State Emergency Operations Center, with oversight and support from the Vermont Governor's Office, will also deliver 50% of the 500,000 total masks to designated hospitals in Boston and the New York City area where the need is the greatest. Hmm. That's a really sweet move. Like that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a really cool move. And, you know, one thing that's that's amazing is you're seeing so many companies that are are trying to trying to help, you know, trying to change their production line, trying to make ventilators, masks. They're trying, and a lot of times it's the FDA, it's some government body that's stopping them from helping. Yeah. Like the more you look at a situation like this, you're like you're more looking at like why why do we have so much government? Like what are they really providing us besides just red tape taxes and interference to things being done. Yeah. I really think like while this is going on now, it highlighted like so much red tape. And I think out of this, I'm hoping that they, they relook at what we've done to the amount of healthcare and the benefits we can get as people not as as consumers or as as basically dollar signs to these companies what benefit can we get out of all this technology and everything and i think they're realizing that like if you make it more competitive you make it maybe more of a level playing field from you know not having to have you know 50 people submitting these you know drug uh whatever approvals to the FDA, um, maybe a small company would be able to bring something to market that would be just as good, if not better for our lifestyle. Right now we're in a point where we're distressed and, and they have to cut through some of this bullshit because we have to get a cure or a vaccine or treatment, like something to, you know, and I think even just people that want to help out because they have capacity to help out, they can't even help out until they get all these approvals. And it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, I, th- I think the backlash is going to be good in the long run. It's going to be nasty, but it's going to be good in the long run. I mean, my, my sister works at a hospital, you know, she is working, she's working 60 hours next week. She's on the, on the thing to work. And, uh, you know, she's worried about it, but she's like, this is my job. She goes and she does her thing at, at the hospital and whatever, you know, I mean, it's, it's bad all around. Wow. Yeah. There's, um, you know, one other thing that, you know, besides this Burton story, there's, uh, another organization that's popped up over the last couple of weeks that has been getting a lot of press. That's been doing a great job called goggles for docs, goggles for docs.com. They are taking used or new goggles and putting them into the hands of healthcare workers who currently have no eye protection as they treat COVID-19 patients. And it's been unbelievable. There's been over 23,000 pairs of goggles donated so far. Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's unbelievable. And they, the way they set it up, I mean, they have you know a request form set up they have a uh, a google sheets where you can see where drop-offs are like if you have some stuff 
I mean, they really are. It's really so cool where the way people and, you know, companies are just able to shift and pivot and create these solutions and not waiting for a government, some sort of large body of, you know, of, of anything to, to say, okay, we should do this. It's people grassroots making it happen. Yeah. You know, there's like, there's that American, that spirit, that ingenuity that we're in this together and let's help out our fellow people. Let's not bullshit about genders and politics and all that nonsense that's been just lingering in our, in our world the last couple of years. It's just, this is, this is something real. And this is something that's just bringing us together in a strange way, you know, and we're finding, we're finding ways through this together. And I think, you know, it's one of those things like remember nine after nine 11 where everyone was waving American flags and was nicer to each other. And then they kind of went away and we went back to our normal selves. But you know, in these kind of situations, we do find a way to take care of each other and work together and kind of forget all the nonsense stuff and just get, get to a solution together. Yeah. Well, and you know, unlike, unlike nine 11, like there's no, there's no enemy. Like this is just, yeah. We like we're being charged to be nicer to each other. We're being charged to like not put other people at harm. Like it's it's good to realize that, and I think it's a more introspective thing that we're having to deal with than some someone externally overtly being like aggressive to us. You know? Yeah. I mean, hey, this is life. Life is killing us. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you think about it, like this is freaking, this is life. I mean, somebody, well, I don't know if somebody created this. There's all conspiracies on that, but uh, go down a dark rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Cause yeah. you do a few clicks on the internet and you get into some really crazy shit, but, uh, yep. you know, this is genetics. This is development of, of life. And I don't know at some point, Maybe this is going to happen, right? You know, yeah. it happens every couple decades. Yeah. We were just kind of do it looked like. You know, I was I was flipping through the TV yesterday, and uh, I I turned. I don't know why they have it on because I was like watching it because it's a great movie, but I was like, this is not what I need to watch right now. It was, Outbreak, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh. <laughs> and I tell you what, like they showed. I turned it on right when they were landing on fucking Omaha beach. Mm. And I tell you what, you look at that and you're like, we have no idea what war is. You look at that. I think every kid should look at that and be like, you never want to go to war. It's fucking horrible. It's not glorified in a video game. You think call of duty is fun. Like this is what yeah. it's really like. Call of duty is not fun. Call of duty is a fucking widow maker. I mean, that's like, it's, it's making widows and, and fatherless sons out of people. I mean, it's fucked up. Um, yeah. So I just think like, you know, I saw that and I was like, holy shit. And then, you know, and then I flip back and, and we're talking about coronavirus. I'm like, wow, you know, this is the biggest challenge I think this generation is facing. Like that was that generation, the great, you know, the, the great generation. And a lot of those people died off and, and, you know, we haven't known something this bad and terrible. And, you know, this is our bad and terrible for, for this generation, this modern generation. And, it's something to take note of because hopefully this doesn't happen very often, but when it does, you, you need to take 
note of it and try to make sure it never happens again. Yeah, we got very soft over the last couple of years. Yeah. And now we're paying the price, unfortunately. Mm. I tell you that that same part, Ryan, that that freaking Omaha Beach scene, I just and I've seen so many history channels shit on it. Like it's just the the just the logistics of it is crazy. And you see footage. I've seen footage of it. They have a, was it world at war was another, was another series that I saw. Um, and they actually showed actual like hand camera footage. It's fucking horrible, man. Oh yeah. Horrible shit. And I'm sure people are seeing horrible shit now. Um, you know, in, in the big cities that are having problems right now. So mm-hmm. hopes and prayers are out to everybody. And, and, Hope stay strong. Go through it. Got to yeah. stay strong and positive. All right. You got the next one. You want me to take this one? Yeah. All right. We got one last story here in the ski news. This one you just saw, came out today. Not fucking around over here. This is hot off the presses here. <laughs> Crested Butte orders all non-residents to go the fuck home or face up to 18 <laughs> months in jail. Damn. Looking at you, Jersey. Go home. So 18 months, is that 18 months quarantine to skiing on the mountain? Because that could happen. Mm. Yeah, isn't there jail like on the mountain? I, that would be awesome. Mountain jail. How about like an, ankle, an ankle bracelet? You got to stay on the mountain. Oh, can you imagine that? They make you ski like 12 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> this ski could, jail. It could be like the, um, uh, what the hell was the movie? Mean Machine. The longest Yard? Longest yard, yeah. Yeah. It's like the skiing version of the longest yard. That's right. You got to race to to like earn your keep at the prison. Yeah, prison ski movie. I just wrote it down. This is gonna happen. Prison ski movie. I gotta call Burt Reynolds. It's gonna happen. Orange diamond is the new black diamond. Boom! Boom! Orange is the new black diamond. (laughs) You gotta write that one down. Yep. Or. Yes. All right. So, public health order in Gunnison. That's a County. shirt right there. That's gonna be a shirt. That's a shirt. Yeah. Give a podcast like a <laughs> <laughs> slash shop. Slash shop. Public health order in Gunnison County, home to Crested Butte, has ordered all non-residents to leave or face a five thousand dollar and up to eighteen months in jail. The county is prohibiting all visitors, including non-resident homeowners, from remaining in the county for the duration of the order. Public health director is citing the greater risk of complications from COVID-19 infection for non-residents who are not acclimatized to the high altitude environment. They also cite the unnecessary burdens on healthcare, public services, first responders, food supplies, and other essential services caused by non-residents. The order went on to state that visitors were, quote, creating issues with regard to enforcement of the stay-at-home order. Way to go, Jersey. Way to go, Jersey. <laughs> Don't Jersey, Idaho. Oh, my God. This is, is it Colorado. Idaho? It's Colorado. Uh, yeah. The Butte's Colorado. Damn it. The Butte is in Colorado, yes. So, yeah, crazy time. So, if you're not from the Butte, get the hell out. Yeah. And that wraps up the old ski news. So, now we're going to roll into the main topic. And I feel I feel bad about this one. But I also think maybe this is a good time to release this one. Oh, this is timely. 
I think this is time. It's a good time. We we recorded this episode. It had to be the end of February. Uh, I could look back actually. It's later than that. I think it was later. No, it was February 24th. God damn. We recorded this interview, which it's now feels a like a month, month and a little bit more. Almost a month and a half. Yeah. Month and which, a half. Of course, Ish. now feels like five years ago in comparison because a lot of how much happened. A lot of a lot has happened in those six weeks since we recorded this. So we spoke to Steven, who is the creator of Ski Buds. And the Ski Buds app, if you are not familiar, is now this is it's almost ironic that we're doing this now because what this app does is is you're you could say, Hey, I'm out in Crested Butte. I need a ride somewhere or I'm skiing alone. Can someone go ski with me? It's pretty much the anti-social distancing app is what it is. It's really, it was made to bring people together to be more environmentally friendly by doing some carpooling. Yeah. So we had a great conversation with Steven and he's truly living the ski bum life. He was out in, we were speaking to him. He was out in, I believe the Vale area. He yeah. was his lease was up a couple of days later. He was going to bounce up to uh, I think British Columbia, and following him on Instagram, I think he was over at Kicking Horse Revelstoke for a little while. And I guess now we have to we'll probably check in on him, see how he's doing. Um, see where he ended up, right? See where he ended up because you know now with everything the way it is, uh, <laughs> all bets are kind of off. Hopefully, but, he's not a gimp and somebody's like you know covered or something <laughs> i doubt he's the gimp i'm sure he's uh hopefully he's just rolling around just you know living life it's good yeah hopefully he's somewhere safe but we'll reach out to him and you know, of course we'll tag him when we post this but yeah he's he developed this app himself he you know he really is a good dude and you know trying to trying to do something positive in the ski industry and you know environmentally being very conscious and again, trying to, you know, increase carpooling and, you know, being smarter with resources. So it was a great conversation. It's a little weird. Like I said, putting it out now just because of all the social distancing and this is more of a, uh, a together social app, but it'll also but give it's a us... limited social socialization, right? So it's, it yeah. is still saying social distance, which is good. Yeah. But it also too is kind of giving us a little taste of how, good life really was six weeks ago that we may have taken for granted, you know, the simplicity of just hopping in a car and skiing with your buddies. So hope you guys enjoy the interview. We had a great time talking to Steven from the ski buds app. So check it out. We have Steven from the ski buds app. Steven, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on the show guys. Dude, it's a pleasure. So first off, uh, where are you located and when did you launch this app? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm located in Frisco, Colorado currently. So kind of in, uh, you know, the Mecca of the Summit County uh, mountains. Uh, I built this app last season. I was living in Whistler, Colorado, and uh, I was working on the app the whole season. And uh, I, I finished it towards the end of the season, uh, and but really rolled it out in October. There were about 200 users when I moved here October 15th. And uh, today was a big day. We finally hit 5,000 users. So wow, wow. that's, uh, 
you know, and today I was actually able to meet someone uh, at Copper. So my brother was in town and uh, we were riding trees all day. And we met up with someone named Nick on the Copper General channel. And we ended up riding three of the best laps of the day. And nice. it was it was very deep powder. You know, in spots, you're talking waist deep uh, powder just because probably had about eight to 10 inches. But, it, you know, it was it was blowing so uh, hard this morning that the buses were actually closed down, which is the first time that's happened that wow. I got. Here. So you're talking about these crazy wind loaded trees where uh, you really want to have a buddy to ride with. So uh, that was kind of the whole concept behind the app. And, uh, you know, today was a perfect display of uh, when it actually, you know, you want to have a buddy to ride with and stay safe within the trees. Yeah, for Very sure. Cool. So, so the app is called ski buds and how does it work for those who haven't checked it out yet? Yeah, absolutely. So you basically sign in, you create an account and then you're able to, uh, edit your profile. You can add in things like what type of skill, uh, level you are. You can also, uh, mention if you like backcountry. Uh, so if you're into backcountry, what type of beacon do you have? Uh, you know, how many years of experience do you have your Avi one and Avi two and whatnot, and then, you know, find someone to ride with. Uh, so then basically you're able to, once you create your profile, you can select a mountain, uh, you know, from the top left of the app. And, um, once you select a mountain, you, there's very many different channels. You have a general channel, you have a carpool channel, you have a operate channel, and then you have uh, different skill levels. So the app kind of started with having a green, blue, double block, triple block, you know, the, all the different levels. Uh, but until the user base gets there right now, where you slim down to just having a green channel and a black channel. Um, but, you know, just trying to get more cars off the road and then people staying safe in the trees. And uh, it can be tough when you're chasing powder to, find someone of the same skill level. So um, that's yeah, the whole idea. It's kind of a mad rush, it. right? It's kind yeah, of a mad dash then, in the morning. Oh, for sure. And it's and it's one of those things where, you know, on a bluebird day, I don't mind riding with uh, with anyone. You know, it's, a, you're, it's more about the experience of being out there. But on a powder day, that's when you really, uh, you know, you get more selective on who you're riding with. And it's, it's, it's important to have friends, especially... Because on powder days, that's when, uh, you know, bad stuff tends to happen as well. Yeah. And yeah. people too have different responsibility levels. So say maybe you're one buddy you always ride with. He's at work. He can't get away. Something happened. Oh, for sure. How do you find that other person who's on the same level as you, who wants to go do the same stuff as you? So I could see this being yeah hugely popular and uh, really fun in that regard. So, so was there... Oh, let me ask oh. one question. So was there a particular incident or moment where something happened and you said, I have to create an app so this doesn't happen again. Yeah, so I moved uh, after I graduated college, December 2013. I spent like two weeks out at Winter Park. And that was my first experience with the tree well. And mm -hmm. I was in the tree well, I was riding on my own. And I kind of realized, you know, it's not safe to be riding on your own. You should have buddies. You know, I was kind of that innocent kid coming out of college who had never done a ski season before of living growing up in the Midwest. And it was one of those things where, uh, that's where I kind of first, uh, maybe came up with the concept, but it wasn't until I started developing and uh, learning how to code where I decided to actually pursue that and, and move forward. Nice. Now, so I just wanted to back it up and say like, so <laughs> Who's your market demographic? So if you're listening to this podcast, 
you know, who should be downloading this app? Because it looks like there's a variety of people. So honestly, it's everyone. You have, uh, you have people who are, you know, 18 to 24 who are, you know, moving out to ski resorts for the first time. And, uh, you know, maybe they're lifties at the mountain or, um, they're just, you know, working in the village and, and, you know, new to the area, or, uh, we have the upper end of the spectrum where, uh, you know, there were a couple people, 60 plus who are posting on the app today at copper. Nice. And you think about it, it's the, the older you get, um, you know, maybe you're retired, maybe you have vacation time and, uh, you just want to go chase some snow and you don't want to ride on your own. So there's really, uh, you know, a vast, uh, like age difference. Uh, and, but you know, it's, it's more towards the, you know, the hardcore skier, the environmentalist, uh, I'm trying to push towards the beginner skiers as well. But I mean, I've ridden with people probably from 18 all the way up to 65, 70 through the app. And, uh, you know, I, I don't all levels of skiers and everything too. Right. Which is yeah. no, oh, oh, and for sure. You know, I've ridden with some people where, uh, if it's a powder day, maybe we do kind of dip off, but, uh, most of the time, uh, you're, you're most people just are able to keep up. And, uh, most people on the app have been uh, more advanced for sure. Um, but it's also the other demographic I'm looking for is people that don't have a car or people that have a car and maybe are not able to fill it up. So that's one of the big things is I really want to make sure that people who want to get to the slopes, who are not able to get to the slopes, have a way to get transportation that's uh, affordable by, uh, you know, just throwing some some gas money or uh, just, you know, even even the company. So, I mean, I've gotten a couple of rides myself. I've given a couple of rides and uh, that's that's one of the other big areas of the app that I'm trying to uh, get to take off as well. It's just, it's all about, um, getting more cars off the road parking nowadays. I, I don't know if you guys know, but a it's lot of tough, people, right? it's expensive. It veil. It costs, uh, $30 <laughs> to $50 per, parking. Wow. per day, which is, uh, absolutely Damn. insane. No. So veil is yeah. $30 to $50 per day on top wow. of your $200 lift ticket, right? What yeah. seeing a New York city show. $210, I think, for a lift ticket is what they're what they're uh, oh. going in now. And even with the Buddy Pass, uh, I had some family in town that had or Icon, and I think with the Buddy Pass, it was 140 So if you're able to, if you're able to, uh, you know, split that parking as well as you know the gas money on the way up, and yeah, so also, also a lot of resorts. I was in Jackson two weeks ago. There's a lot. It's fifteen dollars to park there, but if you uh, have more than four people. It's actually free. Nice. So it's one of those things uh, to be able to find people to, uh, you know, drive up there and $15 and that adds up pretty quickly when you're parking yeah. skiing every day. Yeah. And I guess plus, too, like plus a basin, like the whole issue they had last year where yeah. I guess they had oh, to get their issue. They ran out. The Epic pass, right. They, one of the, uh, things they were saying is that there was no parking, like people were getting jammed up. So that was, you know, one of the reasons they used to say that why they wanted to get off the Epic pass. Yeah. And how many of those cars was one person going to the mountain? Well, there was a, a powder day. We went up to Jay Peak a bunch of years yeah. ago. And I remember we we went up there and we saw people skinning up. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. But then we didn't realize we we were one of the last people to get parking. They run out of parking. And those people were just like, I don't care. I just, I'll skin up just to right. uh, get some tracks. Otherwise, you can't, you can't even park. Yeah. 
No, and the, the amount of sold drivers going up is pretty crazy, especially yeah. here. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the fiasco at Crystal. Um, We've got a buddy it, in Seattle. He's been yeah. telling us about it. Yeah. Um, it's gotten to, it's gotten to the point there where they actually changed their ticket policy and they're limiting the number of tickets they're selling. They're not but, selling day tickets anymore, right? Yeah, it's something like that, or you have to buy them in advance. And I've still right. heard of uh, people driving up and getting turned out, turned around. Because with the Epic and the Icon, you have no idea how many people are actually coming out. You could yeah, estimate it. That's the X that. factor. Yeah. So I mean, it's different with like a local resort where they kind of know how many passes they have, but. Wow. Now, um, I know there's a, a public chat and a city chat on this too. Is Are people using it for like social? Like if you're hanging out in a ski town, hey, does anybody want to go out and grab a beer tonight? That kind of stuff? Yeah, uh, for sure. So I'm trying to get more people uh, to use it that way. So for example, tomorrow night, I'm going to... Uh, I go to Highside Brewery quite a bit, which is in Frisco. Nice. And they have Tuesday nights, my favorite night. They have free wax night. Uh, oh, really? You wow. go donation-based. Uh by Snap for Life. And I basically try to, you know, get people to come out every Tuesday and, you know, I'll post in the app and see if I can get people to come out. But um, someone reached out last night in Frisco, or two, I think it was two nights ago. Um, but, you know, I have family in town right now, so it was harder to harder to meet up with them. But I think more people are trying to use the Opry channel. And then that's one of the things I'm trying to encourage in cities. So like in a city like New York, Denver, San Francisco, you know, where it's a big city and maybe you just moved there. Maybe you're just looking for, you know, if you, if you're a diehard skier and you meet someone else who is, you know, similar, you're probably going to get along pretty well. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things where when you're moving to a big city and you don't have friends, uh, it's a common thread. How, how do you, how yeah. do you find those, those, uh, acquaintances and how do you find those people that want to take trips with you? So I'm, I'm really trying to push for that. Um, it's all just kind of word of mouth. And the more people that get on it, the more I've seen, uh, like people use it. So yeah, I mean, that's a good point because when when I've moved, I've always uh, looked for ski clubs to to get involved. But even like if you're alone and you join a ski club, it's still a little bit intimidating. So it's kind of cool if you hook up, you know, just meet somebody beforehand and say, hey, you know, you want to go skiing or do you want to go on a trip together? Figure out if you kind of can hang out with with that person before you get stuck with a roommate that you can't stand, you know? <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and then, well, that's one of the other things about the chat, though, is uh, if you move around, uh, let's say you moved to New York and you don't know what the ski clubs are. You're yeah. able to post in the city channel and say, Hey, I just moved here. Uh, I'd like to find the ski clubs. Like how do you, you know, you can Google and figure out what clubs are out there, but it's, I mean, it's, it's also just like a community based app where I'm not trying to keep people on ski buds. They're they're I'm, I'm, I'm all for clubs as well. And it's, it's, it's just to spread the word and make sure people are able to, you know, find people to ride with. Yeah, it's really you go. Cool. Hey, there's this really dope uh, ski app or ski uh, podcast, the Highfalutin Ski Bum. You should probably check them out. You, know, you can post <laughs> that every once in a while too, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, uh, it's a great sharing of wealth, of knowledge, of you know, that's that's a community, and that's really what all these apps and and everything is about now. Is it developing a community of like minded people? For sure, and I'm planning on doing a push notification. There you all, go. All my nice. users on the podcast comes out. And, awesome. You know, make right. sure people sweet. Out. So it's, yeah. it's it's all it's all it's all about uh, connecting small businesses. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's all about uh, it's 
it's a community app. It's, it's for the community. Like, uh, you know, your podcast is for the community. It's all based on community and it's all, uh, you know, to spread awareness on the issues that are going on within the ski, uh, world, you know? That's, that's, I mean, that's really what we're, we're trying to do is we're not, we're not gonna, we're not professional skiers. You know, we haven't been on the U S ski team for 20 years. We really just, we love the industry and we love every person that we've met who's doing something in this industry. I mean, we've met people who, you know, part people in Nazareth who've been there for 50 years, who've been writing forever. We've met people who have just creating a blog or creating uh, videos or, or you creating an app. Like everyone we've met is like inspiring in their own way because they're taking something that we all love and kind of making their own vision business idea from it. And it's just, it's great just being around people like that. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. And, 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 and what you guys do as well, just honestly, commuting to work every day or uh, when I drive to the mountains having half an hour sometimes or an hour what like you're kind of trying to fill up some time in the car and to to throw on the podcast and get some information on what's going on and like current events and everything is it's 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 a good way to uh make sure that you you're making your commute worthwhile. Yeah. And we're just trying to be the buddies in the car with you that you would be talking to the same kind of stories you're talking with your friends about, even if you're alone or on a bus and just have your headphones on. Yeah. That's what we're trying to be. For sure. Speaking of commute and ride share, you could do that through this app as well. You could be like, Hey, I'm in New York city, but even though I'm not skiing, do you want to commute to work together? We'll talk about skiing (laughs) and listen to a cool podcast. Like, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of uses for it. I never, I never thought about it that way, but that that's actually a a great way. I mean, I, I kind of think the hopefully they're just the the happy hour aspect in some of the bigger cities brings people together and, uh, and they're able to talk about, you know, yeah, like this is where I live and anyone, you know, right here. And you may be able to hook up with somebody that works, uh, works, you know, as a lifty or something like that, that's not living in town that you're like, Hey, you want to ride up together, you know, kind of, kind of help each other out. That's, that works out too. Yeah. Especially for like the big cities like San Francisco, it's a it can take four hours to get to Tahoe. So you're yeah. talking about a you're talking about a long drive and uh, you, Seattle, Seattle to Whistler. Four you gotta, hours. You gotta yeah, vet yeah. that person a little bit, right? Yeah, well, Seattle to Whistler is even more intense because you got the border. So yeah, <laughs> you got to uh, trust that person. Yeah, <laughs> dude, what's in the car? Like, can I can I get a dog sniffing like sniffing this thing before we go through? I got a big big bag. Don't worry about it. I swear I don't know him. I don't know this guy. Yeah, it was ski buds. It was ski buds. I was watching that show, um, Locked Up Abroad, and they were talking about this guy who was trying to become a professional hockey player, but then he started smuggling weed across the Canadian border into the U S and he was like, he would put like 125 pounds of weed in his, in his hockey bag and just go across the border. I was like, God damn. Yeah. It's interesting when it's legal in both States. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because it's legal in Canada and it's legal in Washington, but for some reason you can't cross that little imaginary line with your plant. It's because yeah. it's federally, right? It's the federal problem. It's goofy. <laughs> but so have you, um, using the app, have you met any, like, I don't know, I don't want to say celebrities, but anyone who you're like, oh my God, you're that guy or, or had any like crazy, like secrets that you've like, oh, this guy, I, I know this trail, like way over here. If we cut over here, go around this, go down here. We'll have an, an incredible run. Like anything like, uh, yeah. um, I can't say I met any celebrities or if they were, I, 
maybe I just didn't know who they were, you know, like treat like TGR athlete is like back flipping off something. And you're like, oh. uh, you know, I, I've written with a lot of people that have done a lot of backflips and crazy tricks. And I, I've been working on growing our Instagram. So I've been, you know, talking with a lot of uh, people who are, you know, higher up. And like, I gave a hat to Red Gerard the other day. Oh, there you and, go. Uh, Davis and talked with them a little bit about the app. And, he looks like he's 12 years old, that guy. Yeah, yeah. We met him at a Big Snow, that indoor place in Jersey that opened last year. Okay. He was there and we're like, oh, your parents here with you? And it's like, oh, it's Red Gerard, you know, Olympic gold medal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, getting back to the second point, um, one of the guys who I've ridden with probably three times at this point, uh, his name on the app is Epic Icon. Uh, name in real life is Mark, but uh, I met him and he lives in Boulder and Frisco. Uh, like off and on, uh, switching between the two. But two weeks ago, there was that powder day at Vail that was, uh, you, you guys probably saw the lines of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge lines. It really wasn't that bad. Once you got to the upper mountain, it was, it was awesome. But, uh, you know, I rode with him and he showed me all these runs that I never would have known where to go. And two weeks before, there's, there's quite a few gates at Vail too, where, you know, it says, if you exit, yeah, this is at your own risk. It's, 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 it's out of bounds. It's not like you get your pass pulled or anything, but it's the type of run where, uh, if you don't know where you're going, you can end up like in the gully and have to hike out or end up, you know, pretty far away and end up in some bad situations. So, uh, the first time I ever did that run was with him and now I've been exploring it ever since. And it's kind of one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I would have wanted to do it, but you're, you're always in the back of your head. Like, I don't, I, if you don't really know the run, you probably, and it's out of bounds. You should go with someone the first time. And then once right. you figure it out, then you kind of try a little bit further left, or a little bit further right. You know, you try the different angles, but um, at least going down at the first time and knowing like where it comes out or where you need to turn left. Or if there's, yeah, Colorado is pretty mellow in my sen- in my opinion. But when I lived in Whistler, if you went the wrong way, you could end up uh, with 80 foot, 100 foot drops and then you're hiking back out and yes. it's scary, you know, so you you really should have a buddy, uh, you know, you, if you're hiking out somewhere, it's hard to it's hard to get out. Oh, Siri's listening to me, apparently. She's always listening. <laughs> always listening. She didn't so, quite catch that, though. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me turn that off. So really, so <laughs> no, really what you're saying is this app could save your life. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's there's been a lot of uh, lot of fatalities this year uh, from people in tree wells, and uh, that's one of the things. It's you know I don't know how many of those people are, dri- are riding on their own, but my guess is you know more often than not they you know it took a couple hours for someone to say like where'd this person go. So well, um, yeah, and, and you're with a buddy, your your chances of being alive are better. A lot better, yeah. Yeah, this is this is really cool, and I'm excited to to use it next time I'm I'm at it, my favorite mountain, which hopefully will be this weekend. Um, so, what would you say is your favorite feature on the app? Um, favorite feature would be I, I, honestly just the general channel is what what's kind of been the best so far. Yeah. But uh, I, I would say in the future maybe Opry. <laughs> Because I like a little, I, I like, you know, a nice powder day. Sometimes I like kind of riding on my own down some of the runs and, uh, you know, but 
I always want to operate with people after and I want to like celebrate how good of a day it was. So yeah, that, I saw that Apre fun on there. I'm like, that's really cool. Cause you know, our good buddy, uh, Rich, who does uh, all about Apre, the, his blog, Instagram, we, uh, we were just out in Ellicottville, New York, and we did some, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun ski town, but you know, the, the mountain isn't huge. It's got like 700 feet of vertical, but the breweries, the wineries, the bars, like we had such a fun time there. Like the, the skiing was fun, but it wasn't like you're yeah, having like 4,000 feet of vertical or anything, but yeah, the whole, the scene and this, this app, what's so cool about it. Yeah. It's like all encompassing. It's like the whole ski experience from general to the terrain to the apre. Yeah. Brian, where are you going this weekend? Probably to Okemo up in Vermont. Okay. Oh, chemo. Okay. Yes. How's the snow on the East Coast right now? <sighs> Not as good as where you are. Let's just leave it at yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been, I think the Boston Globe said it's been one of the top six most mild winters in New England. Okay. So, yeah. So there's snow. Yeah. Just not a lot of good snow. Yeah. You guys, gonna... you guys are hogging it all. <laughs> you gotta well, let it pass the mid, middle of this <laughs> yeah i've also too i've got a little two and a half year old and I'm, i've been spending a lot of time taking him to little local hills and, and getting him started so you know i'm i'm doing i'm laying the foundation now i'm putting down the hard work now so that in a couple of years it'll be we'll be able to go <clears throat> take trips all the time so i'm 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 having a great ski season in that regard yeah yeah making the best of it at least right hey for sure it's all you can do you only get a few months of this every year, so we got to maximize it. Yeah. Well, now you get it year-round, though, right? Indoor. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to be hitting that up so much this summer. I wonder if they like a frequent customer card. Like, a, you know, you go 10 times, you get a free one, that kind of thing. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I got to see if I can get some uh, some hookup here. They hooked us up the first time we went, which was really cool. I mean, opening day was... You know, it was a huge, big deal. Lindsey Vaughn was there, Red Gerard, uh, Kelly Clark. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, but uh, I want to see how it's progressed over the last couple of months. I hope, I hope Jersey hasn't ruined it too much. As well, we got a buddy that's been going and calling on them, so uh, we got to hook up with him. I think uh, I think we could get in there a few times free again. We'll yeah, he's see. actually working on enhancing the scent because he's like a fragrance guy. Okay. So they they want to give it more of a unique, like, I don't know if they're talking pine or smoke or what they're working on, but he has some sort of secret smell formula. He's trying to get them to. Cause ultimately, yeah. Ultimately it's a big refrigerator. So yeah. it's going to eventually start stinking. Maybe some yeah. hops. Yeah. Hops would be good. Yes. Hops, hops in there. <laughs> that, would, that would work out. But yeah. So now I saw, uh, we've been following you, I think on Instagram or Twitter. So you've been kind of going all over the place. Is it all been promotional slash fun or, uh, what's been your, your, your marketing for, for rolling this out to more people? Um, so basically, uh, I have one other friend who's helped out a little bit and he lives in Alaska right now. So he's a commercial fisherman. So he's on the boat three days at a time off and he he's on the boat for like three months at a time. So I lived with him for about a month and a half, two months here when I moved out to Colorado. And uh, basically the strategy has been just passing out stickers, flyers, hats, shirts, uh, flags, you know, just kind of, I ride around with a cape every day or uh, <laughs> ride around with the flag Braveheart style. But uh, that sends well, a message. Yeah, no, posting in uh, Facebook groups, Reddit, 
Um, like I said, the app's free. I'm not making any money on it. I'm just putting some money into some of the swag and whatnot. But uh, basically, it's been, yeah, just word of mouth. And the more people that get on it, the more useful it's become. Um, I, I've i done uh, one trip up to Jackson. But outside of that, it's been all kind of mountains around me in Colorado. I'm moving out of my place at the end of the month. Um, so March 1st, it's uh, coming up in like five days uh, i'm not <laughs> sure I'm moving yet, we'll but be packed. i'll load up my car and uh i think i'm just gonna chase snow and and hopefully meet ski buds ski butters all around the country oh, so, there you uh, go. very nice that's kind of the plan but uh you know my my marketing strategy has kind of been just honestly talking to as many people as possible reaching out to people on instagram on facebook and and uh uh you know what i'm hoping to really do now is um when I've been talking with people who have been using the app, I've just been telling people, Hey, it'd be great if you send me a picture of you guys meeting up and I can feature that and show that people are actually, uh, getting rides. People are meeting up on the mountain and, you know, people are meeting up for operate. So, um, you know, in Jackson, I met up with probably three people for operate one night, skied with two other people. When I was there, I was only there five days. The first day I was there, a guy drove all the way up from Pocatello, Idaho, uh, he had posted a really cool picture on the app, um, maybe two months before I reached out to him, asked if we could be sure it in the Instagram channel. And he, he saw that I was posting that I was coming up to Jackson and, uh, was, uh, his board had just snapped. I was able to bring one of my old boards up and he was able to ride with me all day. And we, we probably dropped 10 to 20, uh, or like 15, 10 to 20 foot drop drops in the first run alone. And wow. we were riding the same skill level. I would send something, he'd spot the landing, he'd spot the landing. I would send something and it just kind of went back and forth. And that was probably my favorite day of the year, to be honest. Um, oh, nice. they ranks up there as well, for sure. But, uh, no, I mean, it's been cool, uh, meeting more people. And I think the more people that use it and the more people that uh, tell me that they're meeting up with people and getting rides, the the more likely they're going to be to use the app again. So, see, so you're the perfect candidate for like van life living. Like if you had yeah. a van with the, the ski bud wrap and you're just like, you're parked somewhere, people, you know, be like, Oh, it, it's the ski bud guy. You know, you could like a, like a rolling billboard. You there know, you I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a big reason why I'm not doing that. And that's cause I'm a very bad driver. <laughs> I'm slow. And, uh, I've thought about that many times, but, uh, I don't want to be that guy on the road where people are having some road rage and, uh, they're, Oh, I know who this guy is. I'm going to even better. <laughs> the van doesn't have to work. Just park it somewhere yeah, and you live in it yeah. with the wrap. You need yeah. like a Tesla van, just find a, self-driving. No, find a resort, you know, that allows van overnight parking, wrap it yeah. and just live in that parking lot for a couple months. And you've got promotion and you know, maybe someone will tow you around then get a flat, <laughs> meet a friend with go. a flatbed. Yeah. Well, this, this week should be a good week. Uh, Burton Open's actually happening uh, at Vail. So oh, Vail, nice. There's going to be a bunch of pros up there. I'll be uh, waving around the flag all week. And nice. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll get a spot at the side of the half pipe and just bring the flag out. And <laughs> Very cool. Beautiful. Yeah. Guerrilla marketing at its finest. That's, that's the way you got to do it these days, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, unless you have some funding, but you know, I I think I think it's one of those things where. It's all for the community and it's, it's, it's a, it's been a fun process, you know? Yeah. And you said you actually, you built it yourself, the app. Yeah. 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 So I spent, I probably put on about 2000 hours coding the app uh, wow. and 
Um, yeah, I built it, promote it, kind of do a little bit of everything. And then like my, like I said, my friend Michael helps a little bit. And then honestly, it's been a lot of people that I've met at Vale at Breck, like a lot of the lifties have helped quite a bit, um, down at Breck. Um, they've spread the word for me pretty well. And up at Vale, I got a lot of friends who work, um, up there as well. And, uh, it's a lot of cold calling too. Uh, got in Bail Daily earlier this week. We were in Summit Daily yesterday, so starting to get in some more oh, nice. newspapers. And yeah, yeah. Our buddy, uh, our buddy who works at Vale gave you. A, he sent a link to us. He's like, "You guys got to check out this app." And he's like, <laughs> "He's like the guy Steven's a good dude." So that's how yeah. we reached out to you. And you know, look at this. Now we're making this happen. Which one's? Uh, who's your buddy at Vale? His name is Sir William on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Sir William. I I met him. Uh, I think I gave, is he a lifty? Yeah. 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 I met him. uh, I met him skiing one day. Uh, He saw my cape and asked about the app and I, I I gave him some hats and uh, some stickers and uh, I've been, I've been trying to ride with him. Uh, I'm actually doing a barbecue this week. I'm starting a new thing where uh, I'm doing a barbecue at Vail on Friday and another one at at Breck on Saturday where we're just going to be giving away free hot dogs and having some, fun contest one of them's a uh, best gaper gap <laughs> so nice. maybe bring some markers up there and see what people can kind of create and uh you know hopefully hopefully uh he'll have off work and can run into him again up there. i think he only works monday to thursday so okay so that would be perfect you yeah. should be there yeah 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 if not I'll, I'll i'll say what's up uh thursday night there's a big concert it's kind of like an edme concert so i'm sure he'll be nice he'll be there yeah so. tripping balls <laughs> very nice awesome man well um anything else you want to share about the app and where can people g- get their hands on it yeah so i mean honestly uh, just what i'd like to share is that uh like i've said a couple times that it's all free not monetized in any way it's all based on community so if you have any suggestions i'm always trying to as much time you know i have a normal job as well and you know, uh, ski all the time, but like as much time as I'm able to put into, uh, developing, I'm always trying to add a new feature. So, um, I can be reached at, um, on skibudsapp.com. There's a, a link to my email and I'm, uh, to the Facebook page, the Instagram, I'm actively checking all of them. I'm always happy to try to build anything in I can, uh, you know, it might take a little bit of time, but it's like I said, like the check-in features based on, uh, um, community, the, there's a new feature that I added in this last week where you're, when you select a mountain, you can, uh, do a range of mountains based on your location. Okay. So let's, let's say you did uh, New York and you set it to 300, you probably get something as far as, you know, maybe beach in, uh, North Carolina or something, but then you're not seeing all the mountains. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's all based on community. It can be found on ski We have, uh, Instagram ski app. And uh, a YouTube channel, which I, Michael was kind of the one running that, but that's Ski Buds app as well. So um, it's mainly just been running the Facebook page, Instagram, and uh, the main app. But uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get more people on it. And also, like I said, I'll be road tripping. My, my guess is I'm probably going to start heading west and make my way up to Revelstoke. So if anyone's nice on, on their way out, uh on the west coast or living out there and uh wants to ride i'd love love uh for people to show me around and uh you know it's like like i said it's just all community so 
Um, we've actually got some friends heading out uh was it march 7th i think up to banff and i think they're making a trip at least one day out to is it revelstoke or kicking horse one of those two so kicking, kicking horse is a little bit closer than revy i think it goes like revy golden and then uh banff but yeah but i i've never been to kicking horse that's that's on my uh my agenda as well. We'll see. We'll see how long it, like I said, I'm a slow driver. So <laughs> for me, for me in Colorado, all the way up there is going to take closer, the, closer is better. Well, yeah, I'll, put, yeah. I'll put the word out to those folks, the first trail, first chair travel folks, they're heading out the seventh, stay until the 14th. So if they can yeah, uh, yeah. meet up with you or put the word out, um, yeah, you guys can maybe hook up. That'd be great. Do you guys have any trips planned for the rest of the season or stay in the East Coast? <sighs> Trying to get out to Utah. It's going to happen in March. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going okay. to get out. I'm not, I haven't decided where, though. That's the problem. Uh, we've got yeah, some... we, were, we were talking about the... And, and it could still happen. So we got to Oh, see. no. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, I, just, uh... I was trying to get up to Killington like the, the last few weeks, but, you know, Killington or Jay or somewhere in... Um, up in you know the northeast but i don't know i was talking to rem and he our buddy rem and he's just like it's pretty pretty bad right now. <laughs> so yeah he, he wasn't giving a high mark so i'm like well let me see what else comes up you know like i said you guys are hogging all the snow out there <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to go out there yeah and you know it's been a, it's been an interesting season it went from uh being really good to really bad to good again so yeah nice and i just you know, there was, we had a dry spell too for a month and a half. So you never know. Miracle March is coming up. Right? That's true. I believe. I yeah. believe. Right. <laughs> Just a few snowstorms. That's all you need. Yeah. All right, Stephen. Well, cool. thank you so much for your time. Um, SkiBudsApp.com and pretty much SkiBuds app on all the, the socials to find yeah, you yeah. and download. It's a really cool app. And uh, congratulations and best of luck. Anything we could do to help promote it, let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impressive. Brian and uh, Mario is great talking with you guys. I uh, like look forward to continuing to listen to the podcast each week. And uh, um, like I said, uh, we'll have to meet up on the mountain one of these days and, and, and I'll be headed to Utah soon. So we'll keep in contact. All right. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks. Good. See you guys. All later. Right, thanks Stephen. Take care. Bye. 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 Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want more information, check out, ski buds i think it's ski buds app.com or we'll have all the info and links on our website at ski under the ropes there's two articles in here that kind of support each other and uh i came across this and it, it's you know we were talking about this the last few weeks you're we like oh there's gonna be a big baby boom after this whole quarantine's over um, and they're actually New York Times is putting out that that uh, experts are saying that there probably will not be a quarantine baby boom is what they're expecting. And they're saying for many reasons, they're saying, unlike, you know, times when people are stuck for blizzards or blackouts or shutdowns, um, they're not in the frame of mind, the same frame of mind as they are when they're in those those moments, because they're more afraid about like being in contact with people and. They're a little bit more worried. So I think... It was also a very stressful time with people losing jobs and people hoping exactly. they're not infected. And yeah, it's, right. it's kind of... It's more of a negative forced uh, shut-in versus a positive, hey, it's a snow day. We're going to be in for two days. Exactly. So I think that the duration is a big key factor. Otherwise, people would be banging like crazy. So I think right now, everybody's looking at it like, 
look, man, this is fucking up like my 401k for months or years. This is like affecting jobs is affecting like, we don't know what's going to end up at the end of this. It's not, it's going to be a long haul thing. And I think every, every, all the information that's come out has set us up for, this isn't going to be like a, you know, even like a two week quarantine and then, Hey, we'll go right back to what we're doing. You know, we're, we're things are going to be different. So I think that like is, is kind of what they're saying is, um, is playing into it. And they also said like couples aren't saying, Hey, you know what? We're in quarantine. We can't even get toilet paper. Let's have baby. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's pretty effed up. One thing I saw after a couple of weeks of this quarantine is, you know, someone I followed on Twitter retweeted it. They said, um, if there is a baby boom, it's definitely going to be firstborn children because oh. people being stuck home with their kids, they're going to be like, cause think about it. How many people wake up, drop their kids off at daycare and then go to their job. How many, how many parents, especially in the New York city area, how many people actually raise their kids these days? Mm -hmm. There's gotta be a chart somewhere, but I it's gotta be in decline versus where it was 15, 20 years ago. Cause people just ship their kids off and then just, you know, are, are take care of them for an hour or two at night. And then they say they're good parents. It's like, you don't realize all the, the insanity that it is raising a child day in, day out. I know my wife stays at home. I've seen the last month. I mean, I've, I've worked from home a little bit and done my share on the weekends, but seeing it day to day, like this kid wears you out, man. Like, and yeah. you're kind of like, do I really want another one of these little monsters? Dude, now that, that, like, people are, like, having to face each other. Like, how, how often do you spend time with your spouse or your kids, like, in a same-room situation? Confined environment, yeah. Dinner, maybe maybe dinner if you're lucky. Like, a lot of people do the dinner on, on their own, whatever. Maybe watching a movie family style. Um, other than that, it's like, I don't want to see you assholes. And it's just like, now everybody's there all the time. And you either are comfortable with it or you're not. And I think... A lot of lot more people are going to have more problems with it than are going to be okay with it. Just is from what it seems, and uh, I don't. I almost think at the end of this, there's going to be more divorces or something. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same I thing. Yeah. Fucked up. There's going to be kids divorced and their parents being like, "Fuck you! I don't like you, people. You're assholes." You know what I mean? Like, Dude, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you people suck. <laughs> you suck. God, Leave me the fuck alone. You. Yeah. I'm going over so-and-so's house because you guys are assholes. Like they're not going to be around. I don't right? know. I yeah. Suck. I mean, if you imagine if you were on the edge with like your relationship oh my going God. into this, imagine if you're, yeah, if you're on the edge and you're thinking you get divorced or break up, like you're just going to break up. You're not even involved that much to even be married. You're just going to fucking like, I got to break up with this chick. She's horrible. Or this guy, he's an asshole. And you're just like stuck now in fucking months. Like we're going on two, we're going to go on two months of quarantine. Like you're stuck. You have no jobs. Nobody's going to work. You're fucking ordering takeout every other night. Like what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Right. I mean, now I know why people are drinking more and there's domestic debut, uh, abuse is going up. I saw that article too. Yeah. Domestic violence is going up. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm waiting for the suicide. Uh, the big suicide wave to hit. Hopefully that that's not a thing, but uh, I just see the, the violence and the, and the seems, people just getting pissed off. Yeah. I don't know. If you're, if I was in an apartment complex in New York City right now, I think I'd go fucking nuts. 
Like oh, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> want to leave my room, but I'd be like, what the fuck? Like I can't. Well, uh, you remember our old Hoboken place. Yeah. Like, imagine being, if you were in that place, like. That wasn't with, that bad though. With two people though. But you had your own laundry. Think about having to do laundry in the basement. We had our own laundry. We had our, yeah. our, in the unit. Yeah. Yeah. But can you imagine having to do it in the basement oh. with everybody else? They were fucking nuts. I'd be like, there's no way I want to be around any, any of these people. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. Horrible. It's, crazy. it's like the mix of like the mix of bullshit, you know? Yeah. Then again, I'm sure somebody's thinking it's the luckiest time of their life, you know? Yeah. So the other article that kind of supports Some people this, are banging. Some people are taking advantage of this. Well, and that's why I looked you it gotta up. Make, you got to make quarantine porn, right? Isn't there like uh, <laughs> you know a quarantine porn? There's going to be something out there, but Joe Rogan actually, tweeted something about that a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. And the react, the response tweets are fantastic. Uh, awesome. <laughs> but now I looked up another article and uh, Vox.com was actually reporting. So quarantine horniness is explained by a sex researcher and they're saying it's still a bad idea to sleep with someone new, even if both of you have been social distancing. And they went on like the whole article. They did some studies and they said, part of the problem is like, while people think like it's going to make people more horny and this goes into the whole like baby effect, um, people are really fucking scared. So it's kind of a, you're going to get people that want to have more sex and do more crazy shit right now thinking it's the end of the world. Uh, but there's a lot of people that are like, no, I don't want to fucking touch anybody. I don't want to see anybody. Like, <laughs> fuck you people. Like, so... It's kind of like it leads into that whole, you know, the effect that people might expect is not going to be there necessarily. Hmm. So I just noticed from like personally just around when they when whenever somebody says you can't go out, everybody wants to fucking go out. Yeah. Like, you know what? If it's raining, everybody sits inside watching Netflix. You tell people you can't go outside. I don't want to watch Netflix. I want to go outside. I want to go to a bar. Like watch Netflix today. How about that? That that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, imagine right now you like you're you're hooking up with someone and you they're just coughing in your face. Oh man! You're like God damn it! I'm staying away from this girl. She has a goddamn cough. <laughs> Brian, can I come over hang out with you? This bitch <laughs> is coughing on me all day. You're like, just like no way, man. Just pulling Lysol wipes out and putting it all over That's her. Right. You're like, no way, man. She's fucking coughing on you. I don't want those germs. You stay in that fucking belly of the beast. I don't care. Back in the day, it used to be we're having safe sex using condoms. Now it's putting on a respirator. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> See? Naked gun. The full body condom. That is a full they body condom. Onto something. Now that would come in real handy. Well, how about if you have like a sleep apnea thing? You got that machine. That's kind of like a respirator, right? It's pushing air in and out. Like there you go. I'm saying you're kind of all already hooked up in case something happens. Yep. <laughs> you, you sound like Darth Vader sleeping, but <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. It's crazy shit right now. Oh yeah. And to wrap it up, you know, COVID nineteen is having everyone's minds. We're all thinking about it. We're all reading crazy stories about it. But I found this article pretty interesting. And it is from Visual Capitalists, who is an infographic company, and they talk about the fastest growing and declining e-commerce categories during this lockdown. Dude, I love this because I put so much shit online. Yeah. It's crazy. It's really, it's pretty cool. I'm not the only one. I know everybody's been fucking doing it, but I tell you. 
Yeah, I, they I ha- bought shit that I never thought I'd buy. Yeah, they have they have it broken down by the top 100 fastest growing categories. Their criteria for it is they're showing the change in percentage from March of 2019 versus March of 2020. And number two completely blew my mind. Damn, really? Bread machines. There's got to be like 20 people on your block that has like a bread machine they're trying to get rid of. Bread machines is number two. It's gone up 652%. God damn. How many freaking uh, garage sales have you gone by and there's a goddamn bread machine for sale, right? Dude, in the fall, you're going to see tons of bread machines available (laughs) for sale at your local... Local garage sale places. You got to haggle them down from $10 to like $5. Yeah. Too fitted. All right. So number one, disposable gloves. I can see that, obviously. Two, bread machines. Three, cough Bread and machines cold. blows me away, though. Blows yeah. me away. I know, right? People are bored and they're making bread. I know I went to the supermarket a couple weeks ago and my wife was like, can you get flour? I'm like, no problem, babe. I'll get some flour. She wanted to make, uh, she wanted to make Irish soda bread. For St. Patrick's Day. Nice. She, just like, she had a healthy version that used carrots in it. It's actually very good. All right. So I go into the baking section and there is not a single goddamn bag of flour available. You know, I went into the store last week and I was like, I went into the baking section and I kind of glanced because I, I needed sugar because I'm a 13 year old that just drinks sugar like crazy. And everything was empty. And I was like... All the fucking flour is gone. I was like, eh, whatever. I was like, I didn't think anything about it. And now I see the bread machine shit. And I'm like, is is bread going to be a shortage now? Like, I don't know. Dude, you think we were a bunch of, out. you think this was a country of fat fucks before this coronavirus <laughs> outbreak? Think about the beaches this summer. Oh, it's just going to yeah. be a bunch of bread and sugary <laughs> fat fucks trying to squeeze into their bathing suits that don't fit anymore. Oh, God. Bread, bread machines in their fucking house. Like, oh my God. Mm. So is that what everybody's doing? Buying a bread machine and making their own bread? Apparently. Like I saw the baking stuff. I was like, oh, you know, kids are home. Like they like to bake and it's really cool to like bake with them. Like it's fun and shit. They make cookies and whatever. Like that's awesome. But like, I didn't think they were using it to make real shit. Nope. They're making that's bread. That's freaking me out now. Yeah. Goddamn. They're playing the long game. So then they got coffin cold medicine three, soups four. Dried grains and rice, five. Packaged foods, six. Which I guess is like like ramen, I guess. Like rice bowls and... Yeah, it's going to be that. every... Yeah, all that shit. Number seven, fruit cups. Fruit Number cup. eight, weight Why training. Why do they call out fruit cups specifically? They're like, just fruit cups. Ugh, they just... <laughs> like, not real fruit. Just like fruit cups. Well, it is real like, fruit, but it's in like syrup. Exactly, like packaged fruit. That's crazy. Number eight, weight training equipment. Finally, it took us eight eight categories to get something decently healthy. (laughs) That's good. That's good to see because all you fucks wearing your disposable gloves, (laughs) making bread out of your goddamn bread machines, like not making me feel good. Now at least you're working out. Yeah. Number nine, milk and cream. Number ten, dishwashing supplies. I get that. But now this is all like most of this crap, like dishwashing supplies, toilet paper, all like I have all that stuff at home because I'm a goddamn grown up. Like I know to have this stuff around. But now it goes down to toilet paper and toilet paper has just gotten weird. Like we, I think we covered last week. There's no legitimate reason to have that much toilet paper and go out and buy it. But we feel like we have to, right? Yeah. 
But like toilet paper, like it's up a hundred percent. But like, why a dish? I, I could understand dishwashing supplies going up because maybe people are finally washing their own goddamn dishes yeah. rather than going out. But like bread machines, how the fuck <laughs> is bread machines going up? That bread machine thing is killing me. Yeah. God damn. People are worried they won't get their bread. But the bread machine's a percentage. Well, now so is, is like, the Wonder Bread factory is that essential or is that shut down? It's got to be essential. It's, it's got to be essential. It's Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread, yeah. not bread. It's Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread. Dude, Twinkies. Are they still making Twinkies right now? Of course they are. It's essential. COVID nineteen. That Twinkie will outlast me. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> it's get ready for COVID thirty nineteen. Shit, it's yeah. Still gonna be alive. It will. This packaging stops coronavirus. They can put it right on there. It's good for like. like all we had to years. do was eat the goddamn Twinkie. We had no idea. Damn. But like, what else they have? Fitness goods, vitamins, dog food, pain relievers. So it was all at the bottom of the thing. Like, who would have known? Uh, this, you, people really show their true colors in these sort of crisis situations. So you'd rather have weights than pain relievers. I don't know. No I pain, like no gain, bro. I know. I no like pain, where they're no going with that. But now here's another fun category is the fastest declining categories. Oh, yeah. So these all make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, number one, luggage and suitcases. No one's yeah, traveling. Yeah. Exactly. Number two, briefcases. Everyone's working from home. Three, cameras. That's no weird. one wants your dick pics. But you're inside. Aren't you taking more dick pics inside? You got your phone. You're taking the internal dick pics. You got your phone. That's that's as much dick pic aperture as you can you're getting this time around. But who's taking out a camera in the first place? Yeah, who's got like a friggin' tripod set up? Right. And, you know, like, like different lenses. Somebody's got a studio. Hey, come on down. I'll take some really good, you know, flattering dick pics of you. Like, no. <laughs> it's like the male <laughs> version of the boudoir photo. <laughs> Don't you have that at home already? Of course. <laughs> God. The whole folder in the phone. <laughs> uh, number four, men's swimwear, because everyone's going to get a size bigger because all the goddamn bread they're eating. Fat bastards. Number five, bridal clothing. Aw, weddings are canceled. Mm. You're better off. Not all of them. Number six, <laughs> men's <laughs> formal wear. Yeah, everybody, look, dude, you see this fucking beard? That's why there's no formal, because who the fuck is going out with this goddamn thing? Exactly. I think it looks stunning. That's what people tell me, and I hate mm. it. it. It's no. just like a like a beard of bees. Yep. <laughs> Number seven, women's swimwear. Not a lot of bikinis being sold these days because all that bread these ladies are eating. A lot more one pieces. They just walk around naked. Number eight, rash guards. What the fuck? How did you put that on there? What I, I beat apparently that was a that was no a category that was a category unto itself. This is a surfing rash guards and like out. I, I tell you what, I'm down in Florida and fucking people are like boating and doing all the same shit that they've always done. Yeah. Nothing's stopping them. Number nine, boys athletic shoes. And number 10, gym bags. <laughs> oh, all the gyms are closed, so. Yeah. But I wonder like, how often do you buy luggage? How often do you buy gym bags? How often do you buy briefcases? Dude, this luggage that you buy these days, it's not meant to last. It, it lasts like two or three plane flights and then it all just falls apart. I go on trips. I got my luggage for like two years. I think I'm like a, I'm a rarity. I've had shit fall off my, I got that hard case shit like it's fine, man. But 
I don't know. I'm like, it's weird. Yeah. Sales are down. Times are bad. No one's traveling. You know, you know what? Who's really suffering? The people selling the luggage in the airports. Those bread machine making motherfuckers are, are like living large though. Just sitting home and baking bread. Is it Sunbeam? <laughs> bread machine. Cuisinart. The uh, CBX 110 is completely sold out. Amazon oh, best selling bread maker. CB. Oh, I need to get one now. I need to get a CBX 110. See, now you want one. You CK see, 110. This is the, what's so strange about us. In our, when one of these, you know. Now I want it. Generation defining times. What do we look to? To stuff our goddamn fat faces. Fat fuck. That's our highest priority. I wonder if I could put butter in with the bread and just eat it like bread and butter. Take out the middleman right there. Hey, like Rick and Morty. It it's it brings the butter. <laughs> I don't want it to do anything else other than make the bread. I'll have another machine make the butter. A couple other categories that are down big are party and event supplies, store fixtures and displays, drones, golf clubs, and coolers. Damn. So. I mean, it all makes perfect sense, the stuff that's down. Cuisinart's letting me buy this thing. How much is it? 109 bucks. Worth it. But you know what I'm worried about? I might Supplies. not be, I, I can't get enough flour. <laughs> what fucking flour sold out? So I get this bread maker that I can't use because there's no freaking flour. What the anywhere. hell do you do with a bread maker without flour? <sighs> it's fucking, you know what? God damn, it's like the apocalypse. So I got to kill somebody for flour to put in my bread machine to make bread. Just borrow some from your neighbor. Can I borrow some flour? That's it. How much? All of your flour. No, I want all of your flour. No, I'm, I want all of your flour. I got a lot of bread to bake. You bring them a loaf. That's what you do. You tell them you're going to bring them a loaf. They'll I'll love bring that. them a briefcase. How about that? A briefcase, a briefcase full case. of bread. I'll bring you some luggage and a briefcase. Maybe a camera. Bring a camera. How about that? That could work. Ah, oh, it's crazy. I love the stats because people are just buying crazy <laughs> shit. There's got to be some ridiculous shit. Like, I think, what was the most the most ridiculous shit that I bought? I got to say, I bought probably three lighting fixture, you know, the uh, ceiling fan lighting kits. Oh, yeah. I replaced three of those. I bought um, a sideboard. Like, just furniture. I don't know. Fuck a Peloton that's coming this week. I look don't know. You. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. I look at the amount that I'm spending, but I'm like, I'm spending less than if I went out and drank it. So it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot better. But I don't have a bread machine. Now I feel like I'm losing out. You got to make it happen, man. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. So a big thank you again to Steven from Ski Buds app. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Stay safe out there. Uh, take care of yourself and your families. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. We are on all your favorite social media apps, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Send us an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. If you want stickers, hit us up, DM us on Instagram. And we will talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.